1: Uh, we kind of stray away from uh, the typical rosy conversation when it comes to Ray. He's known to be an absolute monster on the Mountainwood Rosies. Uh, we get into the year of deer, his family roots, and being grounded in hunting. Enjoy the episode. So we're on with Ray Kosadar from Pacific Giants. Ray, how you doing, man? Appreciate you taking the Good. time out of your busy yeah, schedule. Yeah, thanks for
2: having me on. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I've man. I've been uh, been listening to you for a couple of years now since you started, and I've been wanting to jump on the podcast with you for a I, while now.
1: And I think we talked early on... Um, and man, I get going on schedule and, and it's just, I lose sight. And then I'm like, damn, you know, I want to talk to this guy. I want to talk to that. So (laughs) there's just so many, there's so many good stories and there's so many people getting it done that damn man, try and keep up with it. It's something else, but nevertheless, here we are. I'm excited for this. Yeah, no, doubt. we're going to, it's going to be awesome. We're going to ruin Oregon for everybody (laughs) (laughs) until until they show up and then they just leave. Yeah. (laughs) uh, uh, why don't you give us a little intro, man? We, you know, talk uh, a little bit about your hunting and outdoor life, and and who you are in the woods, and then we'll go from there. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I I've been bow
2: hunting since I was old enough to pick up a stick and a string, and uh, hunted with my dad. He started me off, and then I always got his hand-me-down bows. I uh I ended up uh, I'm left eye dominant. I'd be shooting left handed, but I I couldn't we couldn't never get a left handed bow growing up, so it was uh, shooting right handed. <laughs> I've mean, I've never switched and and uh, yeah, so I've been been pretty pretty fortunate growing up with a family that hunts and loves the outdoors and spends as much time when I mean, we camp. I mean, as a kids, it was it was fishing most of the year. I mean, we just lived on a river. Um, and then elk hunting, archery elk hunting, and then deer rifle hunting. Blacktail with rifle is just a, a hoot. I mean, that's one of my, still one of my top hunts is a blacktail with a rifle. But uh, elk, elk is for, in my heart forever, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> with a bow.
1: Heck yeah.
2: <laughs> that's, that's my favorite. Bow. But I grew up with uh, my grandma. She was a hunter. My mom's a hunter. So it was kind of, so I got a lot, you know, my dad, my uncles, they're all hunters. Uh, so everybody kind of has their own knack and own way to do it. So um, I kind of was fortunate. I kind of learned from a bunch of different people and I've kind of, you know, took out the best parts and, and, uh, and, and made it work for me. But, uh, you know, I had a good head start, you know, just from that. So <laughs> I got to put a lot of kudos to my mom, my dad, my uncle's. And, uh, my grandma's, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty
1: awesome. Honestly, man, that's not something that we hear a ton of, especially for guys, you know, that are, that are up there in years, um, that, you know, mom and grandma helped mentor and, and forge the way, you know, for hunting. That's pretty, uh, pretty oh, unique.
2: Yeah. Cause I gotta see, I gotta, my dad would only be able to hunt the weekends. He's a logger. Uh, he was d- gone at dark and got back at dark, you know, so we never hunted during the week, but my grandma, it was like, Hey, you know, after school or, uh, we're, you know, school would get out three 30 or whatever. We're, we're out deer hunting until dark, you know? So I got, I could say I almost have more experience hunt with my grandma, you know, during the weeks, uh, than I did on the weekends with my dad. So that's it was, b- uh,
1: yeah, that's, that's badass, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, dude. It's just, yeah. It's just, yeah. People people are blown away that my grandma was a hunter. She was, she wasn't just a hunter. She was a killer. I mean, she, she killed her last branch bowl at 80 years old. Wow. So yeah, it was a nice five by five. I mean, it was pretty, pretty, pretty special. So, um, and she had some, she couldn't hardly shoulder up a gun anymore. She was shooting a 270, and she couldn't hardly lift it up because her shoulders were so bad. And but she, she managed to hit one and and up high and ended up killing it. But, of course, it died at the bottom.
1: Yeah. And that's <laughs> so, the way they
2: work. But yeah. My pleasure, Grandma. You, you shoot them.
1: I'll pack them out any okay. day of the week. <laughs> Especially at that yeah, age, right? So. I mean, to, to not only share in the memories of being mentored by her in the woods, but then to have that experience of that last elk with her. Um, oh, yeah. Man, you Absolutely. pack out 10 of them sons of guns yeah and she she
2: didn't stop you know there she would be out driving the truck so she you know it was like okay grams uh you know i'm gonna go up here and then you drive around the mountain and pick me up over at this ridge or this road or something over there uh one story mom and dad she dropped mom and dad off and this is like i think i was still in high school so it was like 91 or so 92 um that timeline she dropped mom and dad off they were walking on a old uh Old Creek Bottom Road, and it's just non-drivable. It's just all brushed over, but they were just walking up the Creek, and then uh, they hear a horn honk, and they're like, What the heck? And my dad's like, uh, He's like, I think that's my horn. And so they beefy it back out, and Grandma's like, The elk are up here. They crossed the, uh, right in front of her in a, in a gravel road <laughs> went <way> down <laughs> the chamber path. And, and there's so mom and dad, they sneak down and, and, uh, uh, there's two branch bulls and they're just uh, fighting, you know, playing around fighting and and uh, dad's, dad's, you know, they're a tree so you can only see maybe 60, 70 yards. So mom's, mom's shoulder's up to shoot the big one. Dad's like, okay, there he is. He's broadside. Take him. And she shoots and the little one drops. <laughs> dad's like, no! <laughs> so she, she shoots a four point and the big six by six oh. lifts up his head and walks away. <laughs> and so, so yeah, we we ended up, I think we ended up packing that. It took us till probably, I want to say like midnight and we had, you know, a bunch of people helping and stuff. But, you know, uh, we, yeah, I think we got that elk, but that was, you know, the only reason my mom killed that elk is because grandma, she she honked the word and got it they come back out and take them up the road and drop them back off and they you know got back on the elk but that was pretty funny
1: The damn elk so, trip man yeah goes to show oh, yeah. you goes to show you we worry about all that noise we you know we're making in the woods and here she is honking a horn
2: yeah just to get my mom and dad's like get your butts back to the truck because it was, it was probably another mile up the road because she was going around to where they were going to meet up and, and pick them back up and and uh, so she was on her way that way and that whole herd busted in front of them but that was pretty. And then she, and then she didn't stop. She just went back and forced to the truck and knocked out all the elk tracks. So <laughs> nobody else. Cause it's a, it's open to, you know, everybody's to hunt there. And so she went back and got mom and dad to, to go kill the bull. That was pretty funny. But yeah, good, good times, good times
1: man. So yeah, that talking about mom and dad there, so your mom, uh, she had a, she had a hell of a finisher man this year uh, with that deer she laid <laughs> down, huh? She,
2: so a little background on what happened this year. So my mom, I I was building the shop and my mom uh, and dad came out and helped. So I was working during the week. I'm a a general uh, contractor. I'm a plumbing contractor. Um, I was doing uh, my shop, but I couldn't haul the rock during the weekdays because the quarry was open and it's only like 15 minutes away, but it's, um, I just, and I didn't want to pay for a semi tr- or a dump truck, you know, seventy five bucks an hour to just constantly haul rock. So I called mom and dad. I was like, "Hey, come and come and haul rock for me." So mom moved uh, over. It was took two years uh, over three hundred yards of rock with my truck and trailer. Yeah, <laughs> six, six yards at a time. I was so say, how many up, yards was at a time. <laughs> yeah, so she would run up, and uh, it was only fifteen minutes to go up and get a load and come back. So wasn't that much, but she could make quite a few loads in a day but that's she'd pack lunch and her cousin Ivan would actually come over he lives for, fairly close and so they got to hang out you know just drive back and forth and my dad would be sitting on the excavator she'd drop the the rock and then uh um he would he would be spreading it and moving it around by the time she went and got another load so I owed my parents big time so when this uh the guy that the land it's called a L O P a landowner preference tag he's had the property for quite a few years and he's always wanted to elk hunt with me and I said hey why don't we uh we do a little horse trade and I I'll take one of your LOP tags and I'll take you Roosevelt Elk Hunting and he's like Absolutely I mean I've known him for oh I bought my first house him for like 20 years so we, we're pretty good friends and uh and so I, I, uh, yeah, I presented that, that to my mom, uh, would have been last, would have been, uh, yeah, to last October is I think is when I gave her that, um, that I was like, Hey, I got you this thing. (laughs) She's like, what'd you do? And I said, it's archery and she's always wanted a bow hunt, but she's never actually physically committed to bow hunting and she's she, she was 67 at the time now she's 68 and so i was like you know if you want to bow hunt now's the t- now's the chance before you're old you know <laughs> and so um it was pretty special uh she she practiced all season long you know all, all winter and then all summer and spring and um about i think it was beginning uh end of july or beginning of august my son uh my son challenged my mom to a shoot off and and they were only shooting 20 yards and then they're having such a good blast and I got quite a bit of that on film just because that was pretty neat to see um so then they started shooting out to 60 and my mom's confidence just went through the roof when she was out shooting you know she was probably about a six inch six to eight inch group at at 60 yards and it just she was like, I can't believe I could shoot that far. Cause she was always comparing her speed of her bow. She's pulling 44 pounds. My son's pulling 62 pounds. So the much difference in, in performance and, and, but when she was out shooting 60 yards, we set her pins out to 60. She was just floored how well she could shoot. And and then she's like, you know, I might elk hunt this year. And I said, perfect. Let's elk hunt. <laughs> and so, uh, so we, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. So that first, uh, first season was my son and I, and he he carry he's he doesn't have a tag. It's my tag, but he gets to fill my tag for me. So it's kind of a it's an Oregon mentor program. Right. Um, that's a whole another topic to itself. It's a badass program. Yeah, but, um, so I didn't get a hunt with my mom until that last week, and we only hunted. I think we were on our second full day of hunting together, and we found a, a nice branch bull and and a spike and stuff and we tried to sneak in it was just pouring. I mean it was pouring so bad I got video of mom and I that day they just I couldn't carry my nice camera I just had my uh video or my my cell phone camera and and uh sorry because it, it was raining so bad <laughs> and so we ended up uh we ended up uh coming out we did, didn't get the bowl and would come out of the woods and stuff and and, uh, we were soaked and so we were laughing and joking. And then my mom's like, I hate you, son. And it was just pouring sideways. I got that on film. That's just uh, so classic. And then, and then we, we leave, we go home, you know, do laundry and uh, he- heading back in for an evening hunt. And we're literally walking up a road. It's just a gravel road. It's walking access only. And we're kicking rocks and joking and talking about putting a tree stand up or something for the, the deer hunt that we're just about to go on and in, in November. And so and this is still, this is the end of September or probably in the uh, late teens of September, maybe the, I want to say 16th. I think she killed on the 16th, but somewhere around there, 16th, 18th. And uh, so mid September. And, and we come up over this little rise and there's a whole herd standing like 20 yards off the road. And they're just, we're talking and they're just pinwheeled us. They just take off running <coughs> And uh, I was like, oh, gosh, dang it, mom, why aren't we hunting? We're, you know, supposed to be hunting right now. (laughs) And so, so they, we kind of were, we're like, dang it, I was kicking myself for not actually physically, you know, in the hunting mode, we were just kind of playing around. And then I look over and there's like four elk that didn't see the other ones take off. And so we walked down the road a little bit farther and and here's here's a spike, and I and I go, mom, there's a spike. So she knocks an arrow, and uh, i range in it, trying to find you know find the distance and, and stuff, and which way it's gonna go. And, <clears throat> and I range it's 50 yards. It's too far for her to shoot comfortably. And and he was kind of nosing a cow, so they kind of mealed around a little bit. And then this calf, like, so, like starts meowing real loud, like, Mom, Mom, like, trying to figure out where this her mom went. And, and so it walked, and I go, okay, Mom, that's the exit. That's where the elk are going to go. And it goes over the ridge looking for the ones that just ran away. <coughs> and so we, uh the, the spike pushes that cow right up to us, 30 yards broadside, and she shoots. I don't know if she hit it. You know, it's it happened so fast, and I was like, I didn't hear the arrow hit. I didn't see the arrow hit. It's just, pum, And we're in, a, we're in a forest, like natural, kind of naturally forest. So it's real heavy. A lot of, a lot of windfall, a lot of deadfall on it. So. And it's evening, so it's, it's already darker. And, uh, and the bull runs kind of away from us, and then it turns and runs before that calf ran, and then spins back and looks back to the cows like, what just happened? I can't see broadside. It just straight. It was straight on. I said, mom shoot again. And she said she couldn't see it. So I actually got an arrow and knocked up and shot it. This is like the end of season. So I was like, well, I'll, you know, I'll put one down on the ground. And, uh, I shoot it kind of high and to me. It went through. It's kind of the, the main and then out high lung. And, <clears throat> and then it turns, spins around, runs away and drops down into this nasty crap hole. And, uh, and it was before we lost light. And I said, well, we know he didn't go that way. So just just tell me where he shot. And I'll walk down there and try to find your arrow. And I was expecting it to be stuck in a tree or you know, not, or maybe find some blood or something. And I don't find nothing. I'm like, I don't find your arrow. I don't find blood. And it's got a lot of greener vegetation, like tall stuff and short stuff. So it should have been bloody. And, uh, I walked, walked over and I could see my arrow stuck in a tree. I was like, okay, we got blood, you know, I got blood on mine. And I said, it's got good blood. And I walk a little bit farther and it's just now we've got a good blood trail. And I look over and there, her there's her arrow laying in the ground. It's full, of, like broadhead all the way to the knock it was just dripping in blood. And I was like, sweet. And I yell back at mom. I go, I found your arrow. And And then I just, I told her, I said, it's going down super steep. I said, just stay up there on the flat ground. And I said, I'll walk down and see if I can't find him. And he he died probably another 100 to 200 yards, hard to tell. And then, but he slid. (laughs) I don't know how far he slid, but he slid until he hooked onto a tree and a big root ball and and stopped on this big root ball
1: and, yeah thank goodness
2: <laughs> and i yelled back at mom i was like i was like i'll get them quartered <laughs>
1: i was
2: like i did not want my mom 68 year old woman down in that hole it was i was like i don't even really know how i'm gonna get out of here it was just a bunch of they're about the size of basketball you know the trees but they're just laying every direction i was like ah this sucks and and so I was able to quarter them up and my buddy, Mike, he came up and helped. And then, uh, we packed them out and got out and I think we it was raining. I mean, it was not fun. It was, it was nasty and, but it was super exciting. I couldn't get, you know, I'd love to got field photos with my mom. It just wasn't worth for her to go down in there. And, and uh, but I got, uh, um, some like in the yard, you know, the next day when it wasn't raining so hard, or maybe it was a couple of days later, I took some photos of her. her spike.
1: That's the hard part, man. You get in those situations and, and you don't have a way to, you know, document, not necessarily to share it all over the place. But, man, all the hunts that I've been on and the animals, and it's like, damn, I wish I had some way to jack into my brain and just, you know what I mean? Just get those memories so you could just relive that over and over and over, man, visually.
2: It, and that's that's the reason I started packing a camera is just uh, the memories. Like, I don't have, we were, I took it for granted for so many years, just growing up, doing it so much and everybody around me, I didn't realize how lucky I was to be in a family of such good hunters, you know? So it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it, it, it just blows you away <laughs> when you get older and you're like, wait, you don't kill an elk every year. <laughs> you know, what's wrong with you? And then it just, we are just fortunate, you know, it just, it was just what we did, you know, but so we don't, I mean, our field photos were, in the back of a truck and the, or laying in the yard, like our fish and photos are just thrown in the yard right before we got them. Or even if maybe we didn't get any photos, you know, we've got a lot of animals we never we didn't have any photos of because it was just something we didn't, uh, we just, I think we kind of all took it for granted and, and now with my grandma's gone, you know, I don't have any photos of us deer hunting. So I started hunting uh with my dad and I was like, I'm carrying a camera. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not not necessarily to do anything with. And so I've got tons of old videos and old photos of us just having fun. We're not trophy hunters. We're usually just hunting for um I getting not necessarily getting to be a trophy hunter, but I just I don't want my season to end sometimes. And so I might let some animals walk or put my friends or my fan you know somebody else that wants to shoot a spike or a small branch bowl. right
1: they're gonna get after uh, it
2: yeah, and that's, I feel like I had a successful season if
1: that happened, so. And I'm, I'm about along um, the same line, man. Like this year for me, it was about length of season, right? It didn't matter what kind of, you know, class or caliber of animal. I just wanted the longest season that I could have and uh, ended up, I'm still going, um, if that tells yeah. you anything, right? I started in July, yeah, in July, and I get to go to, you know, December 31st, and I'm, man, I'm in freaking heaven dude wow that's yeah that's
2: awesome i just i yeah <laughs> i would, i would probably be divorced if i had six months i i hunt just some i just try to hunt the bow season and then maybe take a few days off for uh late archery deer season <laughs> but uh this year was a little different with mom's deer tag i'll get back to that story so um so yeah, so she shot a spike, got her first archery kill, and that was uh, that was just awesome to see and, and be part of. And then, um, and then we then we basically geared up for November. I mean, my my dad had a deer rifle tag, um, a blacktail, just a general season blacktail tag. And the gift I got my dad <laughs> just so happened, uh, I got him a twenty two hornet with a loophole. Uh, scope with a cds knob they'll turn it up little t- 22 hornet shooting 45 grain bullet and i'm hitting six inch groups at uh, 475 yards with that gun no wind no thermal balls or anything so it's a you know it's a perfect little plinker but he wants and it's oregon legal for deer so he's always wanted uh, 22 hornet for deer hunting and so that was that was my gift to my dad for doing all the work and so he got this giant three by three blacktail, you know, nice buck. Right. It was, it was uh 70 yards straight on. And he's like, I didn't want to shoot it in the head. <laughs> Even, you know, he can pick its eyeball off at that distance, but he's like, I didn't want to hurt, you know, cause the bullet's going to explode the skull. So he goes, I just I held, held on his face. And then I just brought it right down in the, the throat patch. And just, he said he dropped them right in his tracks. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was pretty cool. So dad, dad had a short lived deer season. And then, uh and then we geared up like October mid October we put up a blind uh put cameras up it was kind of frustrating Got one deer track over you know where we where, where mom's deer is going to be deer hunt's going to be for mule deer and we're kind of in the high desert um and then uh yeah we went like 2 weeks before season put up the blind um and put up a ground blind for another spot on the prop And we have to hunt on the property and then uh, we ended up uh, getting there. I think two, they went two days before season and uh, I showed up a day before season. We kind of did a trial the morning before season and got up in the blind, like we were hunting and um, we had a little fork and horn and then a four point with like a, his front fork was like bent over, kind of like melted. It's kind of cool looking buck. And mom was just super excited. She's like, Oh, I'm going to shoot that one. I said, mom, that's not a very good buck you know, you can't shoot it on the opening day, you know, let's say we got 30 days to hunt, you know, archery and they're, they're retired. So they, um, they were all in it and we had a trailer a half mile away from our blind. Um, we could, you know, and it's cold out, so we can't have any water in the tra- trailer or anything like that will freeze. So we had coolers full of just drinking water <laughs> out in the outside the trailer. So it doesn't freeze it, you know, freeze them up. And then, uh, And and at night you just open up your coolers with your food, and then it refreezes everything up. (laughs) So it's kind of nice, so you don't need to buy ice or anything. And yeah, and you just walk right out of right out of the camp. And they stayed. They did that uh, for 19 days straight during or 19 hunting days um, during season. So they she shot her buck on the 19th, and uh, I think it's about 150 hours in the blind uh, about 40 bucks she's passed up, you know, and I'm talking spikes to bigger, you know, bigger bucks. So all the bucks she's seen, um, there was no antler restriction. So it was just any, any buck. And so she passed up and that was going to be the hard part was her passing up a nice buck to get a great buck. And, um, we've seen two really good bucks, in in that timeline she found one like a half mile her brother showed up and they stayed in the hotel and they went and showered and and stuff and um they're like hey let's go for a drive her and her brother and her sister-in-law and my dad and they drove like a half mile down to the next ranch over and there's this big giant heavy four by four with the high guards it's like you're you know the the biggest buck they got to see so far and uh my mom was like oh that's him that's and then she texted me as it works she's like i found my shooter and i'm like perfect and so she had some blurry pictures of it she sent them to me and um i got back you know i, I got over there as much as i could and i got over there and, uh i can't i think it was maybe 4 or 5 days later that buck had moved 200 yards i found him bedded down right next to our trailer and on the on some on the next property over. But he's chasing does, I would assume. Um, and he's just bedded down, couldn't see any does. I could just see him bedded down. So I, I got some cool pictures of him bedded down. He he totally spotted me. I mean, I couldn't help from him spotting me. But he didn't spook. And I was like, okay, he's he knows he's safe right there because it's on a different property. And um that night we were in the blind that evening, and it was like Oh, probably half an hour before shooting light was over. I was like, all right, let's, let's get out of here. We didn't want to shoot one in, in the dark anyways. And, um, and so we, we started hiking out and here's that, here's that buck chasing the doe, that big heavy four by four. And I range, I range them. I go 28 yards, mom. And that's her, her max shot was 30. And she's, she doesn't know what to do. The, the deer are real skittish. You know, the buck's not even looking at us. He's looking at the doe and the doe doe's looking directly at us. And, and so mom starts to draw back and that doe takes off when she sees mom pulling back and then that buck just follows her. And, uh, then we had like a 40 yard shot. We're just dogging them through the trees. And then, uh, like a 60 or 70 yard shot. And it was, then it was, we didn't go any farther. We didn't pursue it any farther. It's like, okay, let's back out. I said that if that doe's around, hopefully that buck will be with her tomorrow morning. And, and he never did come in that morning the next day. But, um, she ended up, uh, I think maybe three days or four days later, she shoots, uh, a, a good four by four. It wasn't the biggest buck that she got to see, but it was a nice buck. Heck yeah, it was. First and, archery you know, buck shoot. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she smoked it. I mean, the full pass through the arrow sticks in the ground past it, and runs off. And, and then, you know, I'm at, I'm, I'm actually in Salem working, which is like a couple hours drive away. And I get the text message, just just shot a buck. And then she goes, don't know. She, and they, they couldn't see her arrow because it's stuck in the bushes in the, and it's covered in blood, so she couldn't see her arrow. And, and uh, I was like, well, just stay there, wait an hour, go look for your arrow. If you find your arrow covered in blood, that buck's not going to, hopefully it's not going to be too far. Review the footage, you know, replay it. Um, they're like, we can't see the arrow hit on the little viewfinder but the buck kicks like mule kicks. And so they're like, we're pretty sure we hit it. and um, Or pretty sure we hit it right behind the front shoulder. And and so dad's, dad's running camera, actually got everything on camera. I was so happy dad filmed it and got it on camera. He's, you know, that was, that was the, that was, I, that was going to be the harder challenge to get on film with my dad filming <laughs> than my mom actually making the shot. So I wasn't worried about mom not shooting it. I was just worried about dad not hitting record or, you know, just a the stuff that happens when you're recording
1: it yeah well the nerves kick in <laughs> and, so,
2: and you're all excited like, oh i made it there i made it there nothing flat i mean i was i was may have been speeding a little bit <laughs> i i had everything i had my go bag i had all my camo i had everything ready to go my all my other cameras i had my drone i mean it was all ready to go um that i had been working with this pack for 19 days and you know and so uh got over there they they had already found the buck. And then I had mom, uh, walk up to the buck. Um, and I got that on drone. So I was like, just walk up like you haven't been up to it. And so, uh, I ended up yeah, getting that on film. And then dad actually got her walking up the first time up on film. So it was kind of a stage secondary shot, but I was like, I wanted to get that, you know, on the drone footage and stuff. And we, we had like 30 minutes of light. Uh, I took, Super fast photos. I wanted to. I wanted you know at least more than that. And we had like thirty minutes to get it done. So I got. I think I took two photos with my drone, um, and then I took a ton of still photos and and video on the ground. And then it was it was too dark and the pictures weren't turning out very good. So loaded the buck up and started skinning it out and taking care of the meat. But so it was. It was awesome. I was so proud of her and how you know how well she picked up on bow hunting. I mean, now she's like, I might bow hunt next year. And I'm like, I will be there when you do. Heck yeah. I mean, to start
1: <laughs> will, a will year ago, shoot.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And she got she she tagged out. So this year it was just had an awesome year. So February of eight or nineteen, she shot a cow, a damage control cow ta- uh, cow. So it was private property, my uncle's has an issue of cows coming in in the winter and eating all his feed. So they issue them damage control tags. So one of our family friends had passed away and gifted her that rifle. And it's uh, it's like a 30-06. It's a semi-automatic, or maybe it was a pump. I can't remember. But it's, a. I mean, it's got like a bighorn sheep engraved on one side and a Rocky Mountain Elk on the other side. It's a beautiful gun. And so she was like, I'm going to, get an animal with this so she shot that cow with it um and then and then she i like think in june we we're hanging cameras you know getting ready for elk general season elk hunting putting up cameras for uh summer summer and and we you know early fall type stuff and uh she she was down in the bottom, and I was. I told her, I said, "You just walk around down in there, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go up on this ridge because elk like to walk the ridge." And they walked, they walked at creek bottom where she was at, and she, I hear her hoop and holler, and I was like, "Ah, crap!" She just found a shed, and then I yelled at her, I was like, "Leave it on the ground! I want to get a photo." And then she's like, "I already grabbed this one, but I didn't touch the other one." <laughs> like that. I was like, we found you. <laughs> and so we found a big old five by five black horn sucker, you know. Both uh, sides, and uh, so yeah, so I got, I got the I, she put the antler back where she found it, and I took some photos, and I got them on, you know, her packing them out. She had to pack them out. She had it was my pack that she ended up loading them up on. I was like, you're gonna pack them things out, so she she packed them out, and, and uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. And and then uh, of course you know there's Spike, and then that big four by four mule deer's that she got. So she had one heck of a season. I think it's her prior
1: best season to date, you know, for animals. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and again, so it was pretty pretty special. Again, that in that span of time, I mean she did more with archery this year than most people will do in a few years.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I've never I've never mule deer hunted. So it's like, um, you know, I could have easily just kept the tag and for myself, but I really wanted my mom to have something special and She didn't need a gun, dad needed a gun, but mom didn't need a gun. And I really didn't know what to get mom for all that work she did for me and saved me just tens of thousands of dollars, you know, and paying for a rock to get delivered. So, yeah, so yeah, it was pretty special. And I, I, yeah, like I said, I was so proud of how well she picked it up and how, how, how she conducted, you know, uh, herself hunting she's she's a bigger lady um she she started her and dad got on diets so i think she lost like 40 pounds because you know so it was not only the hunt was it was just she just wanted to be in better shape mm-hmm. so Thank you, man. Well, yeah so it was a lot, lot of fun so that yeah, drone I shot
1: i got a couple things you were talking about there that drone shot you took of her um man that that shot kind of following along with that story that shot Really, I don't know why that one, but it spoke volumes to me. It was just like that was the it culmination like, of that story as you were kind of telling it through social. That was badass. Yeah,
2: and that and that's and I don't like staging photos, and that one was staged. Of course, um, I wasn't there when the moment you know to watch or shoot it. But I said I want to get, I want to capture you walking up to your your big buck, and I think that's exactly how I told her. And so she she literally walked over it. she's she's looking down and respecting the animal and and you know and I I think I captured that you know that moment. Heck yeah, you did. Uh, And so it was it was cool. And that one, yeah, that one went kind of crazy on social media for a little bit. Everybody was sharing it, and it was pretty awesome. And mom, I told mom, hey, did you see this person shared it and this company shared it and this? I mean, it went. It went big. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty neat. Like Math or uh, Mission bows. they shared it. Uh, Benchmade Knives, who I also use, they shared it. Um, Yeah, so it was kind of you know those those two big companies they shared the photos. So it was kind of I was like, wow, that, that That's was pretty awesome. cool. Heck
1: yeah, man! And I only
2: took two photos with my drone, and that was one of
1: them. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, that shot that shot was definitely a culmination of that whole story that you were telling there.
2: Yeah, and I think it. And I think you can relate you could put yourself in, in her shoes. And so that was kind of the the feel that I was kind of going with was I want you, you know, it's, you can't really see it's a woman. You can't see it's a, a, a you know, what type of hunter, um, what kind of camouflage it's all about that moment, you know, that moment walking up to your, head. so that's what I was trying to, go for it was more of an art and it's kind of crooked you know that was kind of a my plan too so i've been i've had this drone for two years and this that's the first animal that i used it on <laughs> So
1: damn drone this thing's been
2: to africa i let my buddy use it he took it to africa and filmed a whole bunch of stuff with it and, and he he was very successful in africa but i've never you know i've been like i said i've been packing this thing almost two years in a row. I mean, two seasons and I, and I haven't had a chance to, to film with it and take pictures. So I've already had kind of everything I wanted to play out in my mind already. Um, kind of, you know, you're, you're sitting there waiting for the animal to come in your, you know, your brain's already kicking in. And, and, uh, so yeah, that was a very special photo to me. I might end up giving that, uh, making a print on, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go canvas or acrylic and then, uh, have it you know a nice like a 24 by 30 uh canvas and and give it to mom for christmas or not christmas but her birthday or something right yeah that would be that is i'd say acrylic i think yeah, i like that, the, yeah. the colors pop a lot more you got a lot more depth than yeah. acrylic
1: yeah it would be really cool I, i've done
2: both yeah so i'm thinking maybe that that might be a christmas gift so or birthday gift it'll be a birthday gift it'll be too late for christmas right
1: so It'd definitely that will be cool. Heck, yeah. um, Man, you, you, you're saying stuff and it's bringing stuff up. So it's funny that you said the secondary shot thing, right? Um, so there's a couple things there. So the secondary shot, but then also respecting the animal. And I'm going to just say it because I think it's important to say it and hear it and say it again and say it again is it, it never that though, that was a secondary shot. The respect that she had walking up the first time was no less the second time. And I think that was part of that picture and the way, and the ability to capture that picture was because that respect was there. Unless you said it, who would have known it was staged, right? Um yeah, It's not yeah. obvious. And I,
2: I'm not, like I said, I'm not here to stage photos. I don't really care about staging a photo, but I, if I do it, I'm going to say, that's not how, exactly how it played out. This is how it played out. But this was, that was my first time seeing that buck. <laughs> so right. that was, you know, so, you know, so that was, to me, it was for, you know, right. so I got to experience it, but um, yeah. So, but it was, it was something I wanted. I was hoping to be there when mom shot the buck, but you know, I, you know, I, I have a family and, and, and a business to run, but Um, it was, it was cool to get the the phone call and, and I said on my way and my customers are all, all of them know about the hunt and everybody's ready for me to leave at (laughs) any point of the job, you know? So I was just like, I'm out of here.
1: Heck yeah. But yeah, I (laughs) mean, you know, like I said, man, you can see, you can see the respect in that you know, stage secondary, whatever you want to call it. And I think that that's, uh, that part of it to me speaks volumes of, of that hunt and her as a, as a hunter being out there. Yeah. Um, and it's I not- think
2: they found the buck by time they had, they found the buck about an hour before I showed up, um, uh, because they waited, they found the arrow, but they waited an hour and a buck only made it a hundred yards. Um, but it's all, you know, past the trees. I couldn't see it fall over. Um, it, I think it was really hard for dad to not start gutting and skinning it right away. Cause that's, he's always put the first thing you do is you take care of your animal. You know, I don't do you know, so like I've got us on this giant bull moose in Alaska and you could hear my dad saying, uh, Put that camera away. We got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and it's like that. It's not even. It's not even been 15 minutes from the time he died. We can, we can take the photos.
1: Yeah, it's 30 <laughs> so degrees. Never
2: got yeah, I didn't even get my tripod out. He wouldn't let me. He's like, "Let's just take his care of this animal." And I was like, "Okay." So work begins now. Heck yeah!
1: Can't wrong him so. though. So uh, okay, uh, secondary <clears throat> shots, and I'm I'm glad you said it was a secondary shot because a lot of what we see is staged secondary blah 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 and it I, yeah. it's highlight so reels I right we, we get a lot when, of highlight reel type stuff
2: and i don't mind it in an advertisement perspective like faking putting the elk horns on your back and going out and taking photos after the hunt or the next year or or later on that same season, whatever, or two years later, what doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to me that because you're, you're, you're showing how that could work in that scenario. What I don't like is guys faking it on a, a video saying, this is how we did it. And it, did, it wasn't, that's to me is fake. But like, if a guy's going to grab a, like, I want to take my dad's moose rack down. Like I said, we didn't get good photos. I want to go out and actually put them on my pack. Um, I I got a couple photos of me packing it out and I want to just do like, you know, this is uh, not necessarily the pack that I used because that pack was not designed for such a stupidly big load, but um, like I want to put on a new, my new pack board that I got that I think I bought the day after that I got back from that moose hunt. I bought a a actual pack board, but um, I want to put the moose antlers on that and and say, man, this would have been so much nicer. <laughs> and do it like a photo, photo shoot for that that pack back. You know that pack. Even though that I didn't do it up there in Alaska, it doesn't. It's not about that. It's about this is what it could. This is what it could be. And this, you know. So that's that's. I think that's different. And I think people understand that. You know, they don't. It, but I'm not going to go and say, I'm not going to try to sell somebody. Oh yeah, this is the pack I used up in Alaska, which it didn't happen. You know, that, that's where you start getting
1: yeah, a little bit. That's, that shit drives um, me crazy.
2: Yeah. And, it, and I think a lot of seasoned hunters can see through that. Like, you know, there's no way. Like if you see, see the guy that's got the cape rolled up, his pack is nice and clean. The elk, you know, elk or deer racks on there and his hands And his arms are perfectly clean, and his pants, and you know that's not, you know, it's an advertisement photo, but you know, and that's, and to me, that's perfectly fine. I I, I, I can see what's wrong with the picture. It's not, it's not saying that. That that's not telling me he just did it there. He's just showing you what it could, you know, like it could. That's what it looked like when he did it. But he just and to me it's actually gives gives the animal more respect because you're you're worrying about the animal and the meat versus trying to get that photo. Yeah, I guess that's a, that yeah,
1: that's a good perspective. But I will agree, man, when it's especially when it's on film, right? When it's video and yeah, we're telling a false story. I'm just say that. Um I've seen
2: I've seen quivers of arrows. And and then it doesn't change like the season doesn't change and they're all sudden they're using a different arrow, but they de- they depicted it like the same timeline. So it's like, wait a minute, you are using like green and yellow, now you're using black and red. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, something's off here. Yeah, I like <laughs> you know? reels, man. I didn't see a shoot. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it should... was
2: you know they're showing you one one elk hunt type thing and you know it's like wait that's fake <laughs> yeah that's
1: so. leftover b real stuff <laughs> yeah yep so you brought up some uh so. some cameras you guys put out on uh before elk season there man and you had a a bull in velvet probably some of the most amazing pictures i've ever seen man um did you have any luck seeing that bull again in season
2: so, we that, that I call him the, the tree, the thrasher is his name because he's got them six inch devil tines. Um, and he, just, but I haven't hunted so they I haven't hunted that section for probably 10 years. So, that was a spot that we used to hunt quite a bit. Um, they it's national forest. So, that tree line, if he's looking in the back, is national forest so that's public land or I mean, uh, private timber company. And they had shut down the public land, so we couldn't access all any of our public land. They put up a big gate and there's no truck passing and I called the state police. And the first year the state police is like, Yeah, they can't stop you from driving. It's a national forest road. So they gave us permission to go through and, and uh the gate was open and and you just drive through. And then the next year the same uh state officer, he's like he's like, Well, you know, there's a kind of a gray area, you might want to call Sayusla National Forest. So of course I can do that. because we my buddy owns a bow shop and we don't want to break any rules, you know? And so we're literally at the, at the gate and it's it's shut and locked and I'm like, I, you know, we could walk up there, but you know, what, why locked? It's weird. So we end up uh, calling the National Forest and like a week later, the guy called me back and said that, that the property, so somebody sold a little chunk of National Forest and when they sold that little chunk with the gate at it, <laughs> we're talking small parcel, they they have a commercial use easement across that 300 feet of uh, of uh, public road. It's still national forest road block, but they make you have to have a commercial use permit to cross over it. And so whoever sold that, it was a is all it did was make a big private hunt. Is all it was, and so I just so we lost it. We lost it for you know quite a few years, and then and then now it reopened. So I think there were some issues and it's probably some, they got some pressure like, Hey, you can't do that. It's National Forest Road. So um, we were able to go back in there and and start hunting. And, and uh, so I started, I was like, okay, let's go back in our nice little spot up there. (laughs) Well, I put up that camera and I found, I found that bull. Like literally I'm, I'm breaking a branch and making noise hanging the camera and I, I hear something. I look up and that bull. It hears me. It doesn't see me, and it walks like to forty yards to me. And luckily, I had my camera. And the light was just perfect. There wasn't, you know, everything about it. it was probably some of the best photos I've ever taken on on any wildlife. And and that and that bull was like it. It was looking for me. It couldn't see me, and I'm hiding behind fir trees. And I'm just going click, click, click as many photos as I can do with the. I had the, uh, I had my my programs on my phone was already set up. It was I mean on my camera it was all set up, and so it was all. I was already I wasn't on auto, I was already on the settings and I had my camera programmed on and man, I was like going this these are some phenomenal photos and and then uh yeah and I it and then I never I got one one or two videos of them uh and pictures of them on trail cameras and then that was it. He disappeared. I and then I, I didn't go up there for I think until bow season, I think, is when I went back um, and I never did see that bull ever again. I don't know, you know, it was just kind of lucky to find him and then and then not so lucky to not him find to somewhere yeah. else. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, those were amazing pictures. Yeah. Was, yeah.
2: It's not a super nice camera. It's a decent camera, but it's just, it's a Canon 70, 7T, 70, I think is what it is. Um, so it's not a super expensive camera, but actually I, I got it for free. So it was uh, it's a cheap camera. <laughs> so, yeah. it's the best. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, geez, you know, so yeah, I was, I was, I was impressed with them photos. And and then now with the deer, with mom's deer hunt and stuff, and I got some phenomenal deer photos too, some nice mule deer bucks. And I'm still throwing those on Instagram. I just threw one up on Instagram today. Cause it's like, well, that's a good photo. And then I got to throw that up there. Content, so. man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I'm not known for deer hunting, but we, yeah, we killed four bucks this year. Uh, I, I was like, I killed a buck uh, archery early archery season because I knew mom was gonna have the tag, and I didn't want to be uh, having a deer tag during a deer rut because that would have drove me bonkers. So I just shot the first buck. Actually, it was the first day I got a hunt was uh, by myself. I was hunting with every, with my son or my mom, and this buck stood fifty one yards and it was not looking at me. It was looking away, and I was like, "That's dumb, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Full sense. laughs> so, yeah, I was like pinwheeled he he, actually was surprised in that shot that i made how far he went he went probably 125 yards um i shot i'd aim uh shot maybe two ribs from his gut line so i'm aiming a little far back and it exited the front shoulder on the opposite side so i I knew that was i was aiming for the back leg the back front leg so i was aiming for my exit that's kind of my my saying, I like to say, you know, don't aim for your entrance, aim make for your exit.
1: exit. Yep. That's that's archery, so, archery hunting 101 right there, man.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Don't look, don't, if you shoot him where you, you're supposed to, right behind the shoulder, you're just going to go right through his armpit. You know, it's not going to kill him. It's just going to make him sick and hurt for a while. But aim, aim a little farther back and aim for that back leg, that back front leg. Uh, he, you know, he's not going to go far because you're going to take everything out on the way through still so, he didn't i was yeah like i said was, i was real surprised he, he made it that far
1: <laughs> and you're shooting uh you shoot kudos too right
2: yeah so that was my first I, my first time shooting 125 so my son and i both switched to the 125 it's the micros so i'm shooting five millimeter axis arrows but they're stainless steel insert that gives me an the 125 grain with a one and a quarter cutting diameter. So the other, the other kudus, the 125 grains, the regular threads, the six by forties or they eight by forty something like that. What the normal thread arrows? They, uh, I think they're eighth of an inch smaller. Uh, So I like, yeah. So I switched up on that and then my mom's shooting the hundred grain kudus. And she like, she blew through the elk. I know it didn't, I still consider it a passer because the veins caught on the opposite side because her arrow wasn't busted. So I knew the, and it was covered in blood. I knew that arrow was caught on the the veins and it was, you know, in, inside, you know, the, I know she, what side she shot and then exited. So I think the veins caught and then it just ran through the brush and just so happened to fall out just past my arrow. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've been I've been so. really impressed with those kudos, man. I, so I started, what was that? Probably somewhere February March. Started tinkering with them, and yeah. uh, man, oh man, I, I I've shot a lot of different broadheads over the years, and the accuracy of those things is is impressive, man. It is absolutely mm. impressive
2: the way I look at it is I want, I want to be the weakest link in my gear. So then that my bow, my arrows, my broadheads are all going to outperform my ability to shoot. That's so that's the way I look at it. They're, you know, they're a awesome head. (laughs) I've, I've, you know, I've, I've seen them kill a lot of animals in just a few years. So I think we got, I was kind of totaling up the the other day and I got to 20. So I know we killed 20 animals with the kudu so far.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a solid um, hit. I mean, and I, I saw that post, and that's kind of the reason I brought it up, because you said, oh, you know, I've seen a lot of blood. I've seen a little blood. Um, but you always, I mean, if, you know, that's kind of shot placement, right? Um, and yeah. I've shot a lot it, of shit and, and got drips, and, you you know, you got to learn how to track. I've,
2: yeah, so I've shot, two, you know, this is my first two-blade, but I've shot three-blade, four-blade, uh, two-blade blades the big uh, buzz cuts with the bleeders so it's technically a four blade broadhead but I've cut I'm, and, and it's every every animal and shot placement is just a little bit different so there's if it's leg so the way I look at it you got the hair being one layer then you got that that white you know if you shoot him behind his front shoulder you got that white the fat so it's like a, it's not quite the rib meat it's that, that uh, flank is what I call it and so that stuff on a deer and elk, an elk's a little bit thicker, but deer's about an inch thick right there. And an elk's, you know, maybe an inch and a half, two inches thick. And then so you got through the, the hair through that. Then you got the ribs and each one of those holes all have to line up for blood to come out. And so when it's walking, it's squirting. That's why you get the squirting motion of it. Cause it's all the holes line up for a brief second, and it's, and then it squirts out. And then when, and then you're like, what? then all of a sudden you see a pool of blood and it's got foamy in it. And you're like, whoa, that's weird. Um, I think that's where the animal stops, and all three holes line up, and then it's just like it pours out it. and makes it blood's making the bubbles. It's not necessarily lung blood, it's just the bloods are the blood's getting oxygen from spilling into itself, you know. And then and then uh yeah. So I, I think and I and I get that with every broadhead I've ever shot. So I can't. I can't say kudus is the best blood trail I've ever had or the worst one. It's, it's literally every animal is different. I've seen some amazing blood trails with the kudus. And then I've seen ones where you're like, man, I'm did I hit this
0: thing? I mean, it's just <laughs> ridiculous.
1: I think too, and some of that lends itself to being that single bevel. And that was one of yeah. the things that I noticed right off the bat is shooting them is, I, it hits that target and that that single bevel man it keeps twisting it doesn't do like you know your 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 double edge it doesn't do like your three blade your mechanicals none of that it keeps spinning when it's in there and uh yeah i was beyond impressed with that
2: and that's people don't understand when, when that single bevels hitting it's just it's constantly
1: spinning mm-hmm. it has to
2: spin and that's what. And even if you're shooting into a target, you got to pull it out. You have to unspin you have it. To spin I mean, it. you yep. can feel it. Yeah, it's it's definitely. It's I don't know. It's, I think it's, and I don't. I like Kudu. I choose shooting Kudu because of the price point and the durability, everything about them, I love. Um, the metal, uh, you're you know you're in construction too. <laughs> you don't want the strongest steel possible because then it, it shatters, and people are so down on. The kudos are like, it bends. I go, I would, that's actually one of the selling points. I seen it where the tip was completely bent into like a, a J, like it's circled around itself and touching the back of the broadhead. And I was like, that's perfect. I was like, it didn't break. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, if you ever had a piece of broadhead in a, in a stake and you're trying to find it with a mag or with a metal detector, that sucks. We, it's I lost. Uh, I was shooting a, a manufacturer. I don't, I don't want to diss. I don't, I'm not here to knock on anybody. They're great broadhead, but if you unscrew it out of the arrow, the blades fall out. Fall out. And I shot. I shot this bull, and I pulled my arrow, on. it was like a field point in the broadheads. I got four stainless steel blades somewhere in this house. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: that ain't
1: no fun.
2: And it, it's drilled it on the opposite shoulder. So I just took my knife and just take a circle of that meat, and I was like most likely the blades are right here. Cause that's where it went in. And, um, you know, I threw that chunk of meat away and it's like, I didn't, you know, I don't like the fact that I know that there's Surgical stainless steel pieces floating around in my meat—that just kind of scares the heck Hell out of me.
1: Hell yeah, it should. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, so I, the fact that my tips bend and didn't shatter—you know—that's great. That's an awesome selling point. I like it.
1: <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people. I mean, for me, I, I, this is the first single bevel I've shot, right? And yeah, it tore up a target this year. Um, but to see, <laughs> yeah, it, but to see the blood trail. On the deer that I shot with it was, in I I, I have uh, awe inspiring. <laughs> it was the nastiest <laughs> freaking blood trail I have ever. I mean, it was crazy, man. And uh
2: it's almost like you take a bucket and you just start splint, yeah. you know throwing buckets of blood out. It's, yes, yeah. My son. So we got a super lucky the property owner that my mom had the tag on my son's 15 he's still a mentor uh the property owner's like hey why doesn't your son come over and shoot my my deer for me And i'm like holy cow no way this is a freaking awesome opportunity and so and this is last year getting mentored so literally this could be his last chance of filling in somebody else's tag and he filled quite a few of my tags and and uh even one of his uncle's tags he filled. So I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so I got to, I got to, it's over Thanksgiving week. I got to talk to my wife first. I got to go to the fish and wildlife, make sure it's okay. Cause that's an LOP tag. And is it okay to have a youth, you know, or a mentored youth fill an LOP tag? I, we You know, he, I said, I'm pretty sure, but I'll go down and verify. So I went to Fish and Wildlife Office, verified it, and they said, absolutely, it's perfectly legal. He just has to be there, which, you know, that's one of the rules. So we we literally got there at 1030 at night, set everything up, got the blind up, or got the uh, cameras back up. And this time I put a camera where mom killed her buck, um, and then all the normal cameras, and... We ended up, uh, we sat up there and we were going to basically shoot. And I told him, I said, you're going to have a couple nice bucks. I said, if these bucks come in, uh, absolutely they're shooters. Cause I've been, you know, we've been here for 19 days and these are the bucks that I know you would want to shoot <laughs> unless a new one comes in. So there's, I said, there's a big three by three with high guards. It's a nice buck, solid boxy, real square. I said, gorgeous buck, take him. I said there's a there's gonna be a big giant fork and horn with a third little point, but he's just a beautiful big fork and horn. And then I said there's a couple of four points. I said any any bucks, you know, whatever one you want. So the three point was I guard come in. Anders like him and Han, he's like, God, ah, that's a nice buck. And then the buck's like, another buck must have been coming in because he just spooked out and left. And then and then uh he asked, several other little bucks come in a little three point this is the first day and then uh there's i think we got four or five does that are just hanging right in front of us so that was our that was our bait basically as our does and then and then these bucks were just coming in cruising through and then this the fork and horn comes in the one that i said yeah that's a good buck and he had busts off his third so now he's just a true fork i mean he's just a big giant white fork and uh I was like, "That's a good buck, you know. That's one I would take." And so he's like, "He doesn't have his bow in his hand," and he's like, oh, you know, I don't know." And then uh, Buck, Buck ended up leaving. I got another story, but I'll get emotional, so I don't really want to talk about it. But so something, something happened. Uh, well, now I got to say it. So we had to. So I get a phone call. Uh, God dang it. Damn it, um, my uncle Ken passed away, and so we're just sitting in the blind, crying, uh, talking stories. You know, Uncle Ken. I mean, he grew, so I grew up on a farm. My aunt and uncle were on the farm, so I had four parents. I had two moms and two dads, and, and it wasn't something. It was just a freak thing. Um, so my son and I were really. <laughs> having them, you know, a lot of emotions and uh, that butt come back in and he wasn't going to let it go again and so I I knew uncle wouldn't want us to leave the blind and be with the family we were you know from our, their house you know all the way at Newport on the coast it was you know probably like four or five hour drive and so I was like you know, Andrew, we're going to stay. Uncle would, wouldn't want us to leave. And so, so that buck, been locked
1: it's pretty to pa- hard to talk about. No, you need yeah, it's pretty hard to talk about. Want me to pause it?
2: But, no, it's fine. So it's just, it was just hard. So we, we got to have a, you know, a great time in the blinds, uh, talking stories about Uncle, And then, you know, he shot the buck and it was a lot of motions and stuff after he shot. So that was pretty special.
1: I, yeah, sorry, I don't. I, I get pretty emotional for no, my family. No, I hear you. Shit, get emotional, brother. <laughs> Rightfully yeah, no so, doubt, man. No. Rightfully so. That so, There is nothing more important than that. <laughs> Shoot.
2: So, yeah, so we took, you know, so Andrew, you know, we had three days to hunt, and this was the first day. And Andrew's like, that's the buck I want, you know. Because we, we
1: had... You got some ambulances going by. Yeah, I have to edit that out. Los Angeles. <laughs> oh yeah. No doubt.
2: No doubt. So so yeah, we got uh when that buck came back, that was Andrew's, you know, sign to you know, take the nice buck and 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 uh I bet you it was pretty awkward for uh the landowner to be in the blind with us when we were having our emotional time, <laughs> it was pretty. He's probably like, Man, it sucks, you know. He, I'm pretty sure he was in a pretty awkward position, but you know, it was something we weren't, it was he wasn't sick. He just went in for just a, uh, he had a hernia uh, that he had surgery on and then it started to rip. So it was just nothing, nothing big, you know. And luckily, my mom and they were done hunting. And uh, mom actually, my, mom and her, it's her sister, so, husband, you know, uh, so that she actually got to take them to the hospital and, and spend some time. So I'm glad that she shot the buck that she shot and that she was there. And um, they're literally, their houses are 100 feet apart and they don't use phones, they just yell at each other. So, um, and so that was me growing up. I grow, I got to grow up with my uncle and aunt, you know, who raised. My sister and I, you know, just right, you know, so it was, it was pretty awesome. I was very, it was been, so Uncle Ken, he, every day during bow season of the total story, uh, every day we're coming in from bow hunting, you know, he's like, Hey, what'd you guys see? So he's the first person we get to talk to about what just happened. So he gets to see the real raw motion you know big bull in the back of the truck or you know whatever we got that day or the misses or the encounter so he 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 was he'd come out walk out when we drove into the driveway um every day you know he was there to greet us to see what we did rain or shine he'd come out you know because he was he was 80 and he couldn't uh he, he stopped hunting a few years before you know so um But so he kind of lived vicariously Vicariously, with us. (laughs) That's what I was thinking when you said it. (laughs) Yep. So, um, so I'm going to miss that.
1: That's going to be pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. That's a bit of a void there. Totally get it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Damn it. I knew that I wasn't going to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) all right. right, Don't bring up Uncle Ken. Don't bring up (laughs) Uncle Ken, but I I have to.
1: Definitely. You know, my mentor. Heck yeah! So that brings me into a bullet I actually sent you, man, because that was it was pretty important to me. You know, following along with you and watching everything over you know over the last year and year and a half or whatever it's been. Um, First off, I I'm sorry for your loss. My condolences to your family. I know that's you know, know that's a rough one. But one of the bullets that I sent you, man. and it just says a family that outdoors together. Um, yeah, I mean, apparently, right? And I don't want to come off as a stupid ass question, but apparently, it's important. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's. I don't. I don't know what's. I mean, I've got two other hunting party partners that I I brought into my elk hunting spots, but they're family. I mean, they're you know it's uh you know i don't take i i I joke around about i have a 10-year application process before i consider taking yoke (laughs) honey so um you know it's not that it's because i've got you know once you once you come and hunt it's not just a hunt it's a whole experience it's just i mean my mom and dad are there you know now my son's there uh it's just it's just so we're just having fun i mean it's just you know just a blast
1: joking around and uh yeah good times that's, definitely. Life. that's those life memories man i i get it yeah that, that's actually pretty damn smart and i'm a sucker man i i am an absolute sucker for trying to help people out um you know here yeah. we don't get to hunt elk unless you know you got twenty. Freaking thousand points, Um, yeah. But I'm a sucker for helping people out in the deer woods, and a couple times, man, it's bit me in the butt.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Got so I think I learned that young. Um, I did make one mistake as a young adult taking the and I well I wasn't didn't really. The guy's been bow hunting for twenty some years. Didn't really he has, you know, he said, he's never seen a bull elk in the woods. And I just, it just blew my mind. And I was like, man, and I, I, I shot, you know, 3d again with him, and he's a really good shot. And I'm like, he must choke under pressure or just don't get out of the truck. I don't know what his deal is, but he's, I don't know how you don't see a bull, you know, how do you not see an elk, a bull elk during, during archery season. And so I said, tell you what I said, I won't take you out the first season because that's bull. That's my season. But I said, I'll help you shoot a cow late, late season. And so he's like, Oh, well, that'd be awesome. And so I, and I used to smoke. I used to, I was a really bad smoker, but I killed, I probably killed 10 elk with a cigarette hanging from my mouth with a bow. <laughs> so it's not, I know exactly which way the wind's blowing. I mean, it sounds horrible. I don't want to promote smoking. It's horrible. And I quit six years ago. So, um, but so I take this guy hunting, and I I spot a herd of elk, and it's like in a swampy where you might be able to get in there and, and about waist deep in water. And I was like, you know, that's not a good spot where the elk are going. I said, let's go find another herd. And he and I'm in my truck, my gas, and he says, I'm just letting you know this is the hardest thing I ever had to do. And I go, what? And he goes, see elk and can't hunt them. And I go. I go well. It's kind of. I said, if you know the area, so there's just it's not a good spot. I said where they're heading is it's swampy and it's it's not fun. It's winter time. It's this you know it's it's December (laughs) on the Oregon coast. So not even you know maybe 30 minutes later we're driving down the next next road system and I was like, hey, there's some elk right there. They're you know single file and going up a clear cut. I was like, so it takes us about 45 minutes to run around, and I was. I was in pretty good shape back then, so I was just I kind of was running because we needed to be up. we needed to get on top. They're feeding up, and so I, I I lean over and I could see the elk, and they're single file about thirty five yards. I was like, okay, just once that one comes behind the stump, you know, just draw back and shoot and so i I look i'm I'm like waiting for this you know elk to get shot. He decides to clean his nose out at the same time, so he literally snot rockets. Right there, thirty yards away from these elk, and I look over the ridge, and the elk are literally running right back in the timber. I said, "Well, if you want to get them, go get it." I was kind of mad, and so he takes off running downhill, and he's got to run back uphill to get back onto the road. And I know that spot; it's shitty. It's not good, and so I I go down the road. And I go down in the trees, and I know where the elk are going to cross. And I see the elk, and they're single file past me because he's still chasing them. So they run running past me. And he comes up out of breath, out of shape. And he's he's like, oh, oh the elk are this way. And I said, yeah, they just ran through here. And, uh, and so I took them. And I said, we got to go over the next ridge. So I run them over the next ridge and, and drop down in the next canyon. <laughs> and I said, oh, dang it, they beat us. You know? <laughs> and <then laughs> He was done. That was it. And we get back into town. And all of a sudden I I some of my buddies they're like, "Dude, that guy's talking smack about you." Um, you know, all the archers kind of know each other. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Yeah, that guy's saying that you, the reason he didn't kill an elk is cuz you smoke." And I was like, "Oh, man." <laughs> so, I I confronted him and I was like, "Dude, you're a freaking dip, you know, whatever." And I said, I said, I'm never taking you out again. And then he started backtracking, you know, I never said that. I was, I was just saying that I didn't know bow hunters could smoke. You know, I was like, that's not what, that's not what you would have said. You would have said you didn't kill an elk in my truck and my diesel because I smoked. (laughs) So, and then unfortunately I don't talk to people about bad, you know, bad people. I don't want to put all that out there and so one of my other buddies felt sorry for him and did the same thing but I'm in areas where I don't hunt this is not my hunting spot I've hunted them but they're not like my go-to like archery bull season hunt spots so there's random spots that a lot of people know about so it's no big deal if I if he hunts them Well, this one of my other buddies takes a guy up into his hunting spot like first the general season archery spot and and Finds out how big of an idiot he is. And then the next weekend, that guy and his son were in there hunting that same spot. And I was like, I was like, oh man, I felt so bad that I didn't tell him. But I mean, how, what are the chances of him trying to help the same guy out? And I was like, yeah, so he's, he's, uh, he's, yeah, kind of lost that one spot because these, these guys just. Ruin it, you know. He goes. They don't even kill nothing. They
1: just get in there and they're just bugling. They don't know what they're doing, <laughs> pushing elk every which way. It's pretty funny. Yeah, but that's but. a that's a rough one. I mean, there's so people will say, oh, it's public land, blah 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 blah. Dude, there there's some ethics that come along with. Hey, I want to help you out, and that's one of my rules. Like I I learned, like okay, hey, I want to help you, but here's I got some parameters. I'm gonna take yeah. you in here, and I'm gonna put you on deer. I'm going to put you where you need to be. I'm going to put you in front of deer. But gosh dang it. You got to not show this spot to anybody. If you're going to hunt it, I'm going to and here's the here's a kicker. I will yes, yeah, public land folks, allow you to hunt this until you arrow an animal. Okay? And yeah, then once exactly. you arrow an animal, Move the f on, and I'm gonna bring someone else in. Right now, yeah. go do it yourself. I felt bad. You're having, you know, bad luck or whatever it is, but don't abuse that mess. You know, and I and yeah, it, it's a trip that guys don't get it. They just don't I, get it. I know a
2: couple other guys that do that. They just kind of bounce from a uh, successful hunter to successful hunter until somebody takes them into a spot, find a bowl, and then they go back on their own and shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nope, i'm um, so I yeah, I so my buddy Mike, we hunted or we didn't hunt. He's been hunting like four he started maybe four, no, it was more than four, maybe five or six years he's bow hunted. He hadn't he hadn't killed milk yet. And then that was well, I guess that was when I took him hunting. So he was he was younger. So it was I think we shot, we were shooting against each other, both like competition against each other for a couple of years, like, uh, the, the archery leagues and stuff. And, uh, and I didn't know him. I just knew that he would beat me by like four points at the end of the week. And then, and then the next week I'd be beating him by four points. So we were like, I think our biggest gap after like 400 arrows was like four or five points. It was nothing. Like we were so evenly matched. And, And I didn't, I've never met him, didn't know who he he was. And I ended up shooting the same day as him. And we're sitting there BSing because, you know, bow hunters are good at BSing. So we're sitting there blah, blah, blah talking. And then his name, he was in first place for the league. His name pops up because first place has to shoot first. And it says Mike Preston. And I look at him and I scrunch up my face. and I go, you're Mike Preston. (laughs) And he's like, and he's going over to grab his bow. And he's like, what the f is this? <laughs> and so he shoots, and then and then my name comes up because I was in second place. And he goes, "You're Ray Cozinoff." <laughs> <laughs> and so we've been shooting each other against each other for like four years and never met each other. We just know we're he's first, I'm second, I'm first, he's second. It was hilarious. Yeah. And so we after that we started shooting together and then hanging out. And then I invited him to. Come hunting. So I think we had known each other for probably five years, and he had been boat star bow hunting. So I know he was probably like five years of bow hunting without killing one. And and so I said, "Why don't you come hunt with me?" And you know, I'll I'll try to get you on some elk. And he's like, "Oh man, he's super pumped." and First day, I was like, "Okay, let's go try here." And I go to my spot. I call it one eight seven. I, I I hunt that spot a lot. Uh, and murder, death, kill—it's like the cop, you know, cop calls, you know. And so I go to one eight seven. There's no elk. And I said, all right, if they're not here, they're probably over here. Let's go through here, here and go up through the trees and um, the big—I mean, the giant spruce trees and hemlock. And it wasn't like fur. Like this is like naturally planted second growth. So these are just giant, you know, eight-foot diameter trees. And so I hear like a hoochie mama. I mean, it sounds. Exactly like a hoochie mama, so I'm literally waving, thinking there's a dude over there squeezing on the hoochie mama to get my attention. So I'm literally waving at this hoochie mama guy, and so I'm like, so I I point, you know, to the left to tell him, hey, we're gonna go this way. You could, you know, you you continue hunting, and we're just gonna head this way. And so I we we take a left, and we're kind of walking. Well, the hoochie mama ended up being a herd of cows. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh crap, that wasn't no hunter. So here I'm waving to her to help. So here comes a bull, a spike, and Mike hasn't killed one. And I'm, and then you get, and I'm, and I got this old, this is, this is aging, um, high eight camera. So this is a old high eight camera I'm running. So I got this thing out and I'm sitting on the stump. And Mike's, Mike sees a spike and he's like, and we're like 23 yards away. We're pretty close. And he sees a spike. And so, he goes to full draw. And I'm like, don't shoot it. There's a bigger one coming. He's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, of course I'm going to shoot it. You know, I've been hunting for five years. And, and he nothing. shoots and and he right through the back strap. This bull dropped so low on the video. You could actually see the bull drop down in the arrow like skim his back i was like unbelievable but we didn't know it you know looking at the viewfinder we did we we looked and we couldn't get like four drops of blood or a couple drops of blood we nothing and it was like what the heck and so we and his arrow was stuck in a tree so we grabbed his arrow we tried tracking for a little bit but i was like well let's just i said let's give it a little bit let's go back let's watch it on the video or on the tv i'll hook it up to the tv so we can actually see your arrow we can actually see the arrow and I put my finger where the back of the the bull was, and then or where the belly of it was, and the back ended up being where the belly was when his arrow hit him. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, you would have smoked it if it was just stood there." <laughs> so we went back that evening, and just to make sure that you know it wasn't it wasn't going to be dead. And then, of course, we see it still with the herd, and it wasn't even limping. It just barely grazed the top of its back, and we couldn't get it we were like 70 yards at that point we couldn't get a shot but um yeah he's like you're not gonna get rid of me (laughs) he's been he's been hunting that was gosh that was 2004 2005 i bet yeah probably 2005 it was before my daughter was born so yeah i was she was born in seven so yeah it was probably four 2004 2005 when he started hunting with me and he's he's killed some nice elk and I called it the biggest one he killed. I called in. It's like at the time of score, it was like the tenth largest non-typical Roosevelt. <laughs> it was. Oh damn! It was a. It's a big giant five by five, but he's got one extra brow tine, so make him a six by five. But he's like two hundred and eighty-five inch five point. <laughs> so that's pretty good size for Roosevelt. Oh yeah. And, um, for being a five, that's really good. So that was, yeah, that was pretty fun. We had that bowl. And a seven by seven, that same spot, and they were, you know, when I had, I think we moved back when we just, I think it was our first year running trail cameras, but they were huge. They were like, like a notebook size a trail camera was, in the, and they, it took like a bunch of D batteries, but they looked like a, like a, a freaking post sign, you know, up on a tree. They didn't know camouflage; just all one color, like green, and like seven second trigger, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you never got any pictures of good animals? Yeah,
1: they've come along. freaking. <laughs> well. I just picked so, up a couple of the got, cell cams. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, Which one did you go? With? I, I, I went with the spy points. Um,
2: okay, yeah, I heard those. Those are good. Those. Those are in the. Um, oh, what's the other one? There's another one out there, but I, I hear a lot of people talking about the spy points.
1: Yeah, they have some good reviews on them, and I've always run Moultries, trees, and I and I like them, but looking at you know the cell the cell cams um these spy points seem to be the way to go so hopefully i literally just got them black friday salesman it was on <laughs>
2: ah there you go
1: heck yeah two for the price of one it was yeah it was oh, nice holy
2: cow yeah wow yeah i haven't uh most of my areas are no cell service so it's it doesn't do me any good so i gotta go with the old-fashioned pull the memory cards out and
1: yeah, that's, out, I'm I'm hoping, man. I you know, they have those boosters and everything you could put on them. So we'll see. We'll see how they perform. I'm gonna try and get them out in the next couple of weeks and just let them vegetate over the next, you know, year. <laughs> Go in and out yeah, to change yeah. batteries. I, I switched
2: so I I've been uh back then, I think they were like wild game or something just cheap, like sixty nine dollar cameras. Um now I went with the uh, stealth cams, pretty happy. So far, I mean, with mom's deer and elk season this year, super happy with the video and audio mode. And, uh, pictures are really good. Uh, I, yeah, I bought five. They weren't cheap, uh, but I knew with mom's tag, I wanted to have at least some good cameras, taking some good photos and, and stuff, but we, I think mom and dad are experts now at changing out camera memory, <laughs> memory cards and knowing how to save them and go back and stuff. (laughs) So I, I think maybe that might be in their stocking this year's is like, a trail camera their own trail
1: camera mm-hmm. that's fun though man I, so, there's they I, did that there's not you know especially in the off season to go and say oh i'm gonna go pull cards and for me i just go pull the card i replace it and i wait to sit down you know at the computer and look at everything and man it's like a kid yeah. in a candy store dude <laughs> oh. yeah so i had uh The
2: chip reader so mom would pull the cameras all the memory cards out of the cameras around her blind and then she'd get up in the blind uh, she'd put new fresh ones in that were empty and then she'd sit up in the blind on my ipad plug it in and and then she would save the the good ones and delete the you know delete them out so when they so the next morning she went out grabbed the memory cards she would put the empty ones in there grab them so she's checking
1: Oh, she's, daily.
2: she's <laughs> checking daily because you don't, you know, you sheet. If that big buck comes in, you want to kind of know if he's in there like an hour before he showed up in your blind. And a lot of times they were, they were right there, right, you know, right before daylight. The big buck would show up pushing those around. And then about that 10 o'clock hour, all of a sudden, there he is. I mean, it was kind of, it was, they would come back through there. So it's like they bedded down for a few hours and shoot, you know, chewed their cud and then they, they went back to to uh uh, bed down and then come back in there chase those around about that 10 o'clock hour and that was a full moon night so that was like the full i mean that two o'clock in the morning i'd get up to go bathroom and it was like daylight out i mean it was that bright so so i think they were partying like rock stars all night all night long and then they would they would be resting right you know right right before daylight and then that you know that daylight they were like okay I'm gonna rest for a little bit.
1: <laughs> God, them damn fools. So our early archery season we start man. It seems like it is the it's the brightest full moon of the year and it never seems to go away. Man, it drives no. me crazy. Yeah, that's that harvest moon. That oh, thing is yeah, man.
2: It, it is, is rough. that thing. Yeah, we get that same. So we get that full moon at the our season starts usually on a full moon weekend, um, and that tells me them elk. You know, they could be out midday. You know, feeding. So it's hard to each. I don't know. It, it, it seems like each herd of elk sometimes is different, but deer are kind of all the same. It's weird. I don't know, but. Um, I, I haven't yet got like, if it's a full moon, this is the time to be hunting. You know, I've never, I've seen, I get them bright at daylight, right to dark all day long on a full moon and it's different the next year on the same full moon. Right.
1: It drives me nuts.
2: Yeah. I can't, I can't figure them out, but that's, I guess that's the fun of it though. Yeah. That's,
1: yeah. That's half the, half the damn chase.
2: Yeah. No doubt. Now, you've been on two elk hunts now? Yeah,
1: two now. Yep. Yeah. Um, got uh, a swing and a poach. <laughs> a swing and a poach yeah. and a swing and a miss. I... <laughs> so, you got... You you stuck a bull, I heard,
2: and then you found somebody had yeah. already found it and started cutting it up.
1: Yeah. they. I this mean, sl- everything oh. was gone. And it was the worst... And that, that's the thing that that bothers me the most about it. Right. I mean, a jackass is a jackass is a jackass. Okay. They got it. The part that bothers me the most is the butcher job and the amount of waste um, because you know, they're doing it hastily. Um, That to this day is the heartbreaker. And, and when I think about it, it's not about they posted, it's about they wasted so much of that bull. Um, Damn. I mean that breaks my heart even more, man.
2: No uh, doubt. Yeah. I mean, we all we all you know have one get away and 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 we find it you know days late you know to you know and you can't predict. So I, I say you can only practice for the perfect shot. You can't predict what that animal is going to do. I've had him you know move. I've actually shot a seven shot at. I can't say shot him. Shot at a seven point under fifteen yards, and that sucker. He wheeled around somehow, and I just missed him. I mean, he, he was head going to the west. I shot behind the shoulder. He had spun and went the other direction. I think before my arrow even reached him, Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I was like, "What just happened?" I couldn't believe it. big old seven point. I was like, "What the heck just happened?" It was just blew. I mean, he he. I was knelt down. And he come around the corner, and I was already a full draw. <laughs> so he was, he spotted me, and I think that's, you know, I shot right when he spotted me. So I think he was already in the motion of spinning, but my, you know, I was. Our brains don't work as fast as an elk, I guess. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty fast though. I mean, he he wheeled around, he back, he first took a couple, you know, leaned back and then spun. around around it's like holy cow but I, did, well, I didn't know i missed him i thought i smoked him but then he stands out 80 yards in this cows and I'm, I'm looking through my field glasses going huh that's weird <laughs> and then he takes off and then and then chuckling at me and then i look over in, in this little hillside and i i'm the same binoculars i can see where his elk tracks slid in the moss and i'm like okay there's where his shoulder would have been there's my aim point and there's my air hose stuck in the and clean, no blood, no hair. Ugh. It amazes me how so those big
1: animal moves, man. So it's oh, yeah. Something else.
2: Well, and I, I was probably worked up a little bit. I've been challenged in that sucker for a couple hours and I've been playing cat and mouse with him. And I couldn't get close because he had so many cows and they were so spread out in this timber. I'd end up getting getting close to him and then a cow would be standing there feeding or you know it's like oh i can't go any closer so you have to wait and then they move and then you try to move and he's raking a tree and you're like i could shoot him but i can't you know (laughs) it's too far (laughs) Uh, but i think i was maybe a little adrenaline pumping at the time when he walked down (laughs) walked right to me and i I can see his antlers you know behind a ridge walking right right around the ridge so i was at full drop i might have been a little bit excited but (laughs) I can't blame it all on the elk. I think there's a lot of blame on me, but I'd like to say how fast he was.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm telling you the way they move though, man. But, but I, so kind of back to your point, we're, we're okay with those situations, right? A hit, a swing and a miss is one thing. Um,
2: Oh yeah. That's the best. That's the best stuff. If it's going to happen, that's your best
1: scenario. right? And then, you know, even arrowing an animal. And then unfortunately it's part of the game. Right. And not finding them. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, Gut wrenching. It sucks. It's the worst feeling in the world at the moment, or until you have an animal that you arrowed, shot with your rifle, whatever it is, and you find that yeah. animal poached out.
2: Ah, oh. That see, I've always I've always been a strong person. We I have the game bags. I'll hang. I'll I'll if I find somebody's elk, I'm gonna hang that thing up. I'm gonna get that cape off it as fast as I can. I'm gonna get them quarters hung up and so they're air drying out, cooling down. And then I'm going to leave it. And if I know if uh, if there's a rig or something at the gates, I'm going to talk to them. If there's an arrow, that's even better because then you know whose it is. Um, So there's no question. They're like, "What color are your veins?" You know, (laughs) let me see your bow before I give you this elk. And then, uh, you know, I'd totally rather do that. And if it's not, you know, at that point, you know, hopefully somebody comes and grabs it and brings my bags back and and leaves them right there. But you know, their caribou bags are kind of like a cheese cloth. They're fairly inexpensive, but man, they were good. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the hardest part about it is I'm assuming that, that, uh, and there was two horse, two sets of horse tracks in there. So I'm assuming it's two guys, but these are two guys that know what it means to be out there and knows, know what it means to put in that work and go struggle in the woods and all the preparation and learning and everything leading up to that. Um, yeah that is yeah so
2: my grandma (laughs) funny so my grandma shot a five-point bull way before i was born i can't i think i think it was like when she started elk hunt um well i guess i was born i can't i can't quite remember the whole story but so she told me she shot the bull and then she ran into town to get my grandpa she came back with you know help to Help pack this thing out because elk are huge, and there's a dude standing on it, you know, skinned it out. And so she yells at him. She's like, "Hey, is that your elk?" And he's like, "Yep, just shot it." And she's like, "Crap, <laughs> the guy's got a gun. I got a gun. This isn't going to end well." So she she went back to the town the before, way before cell phones, called the the local uh, sheriff, and then he and so Graham was like hey this guy's stealing my elk and he's packing it out and so they go back up and she had proof that it was her elk and i'll get to that um so she yells the back at the guy and he goes and so the cop and they're going up to the elk and the cop's like so if you you know what tell me what happened he goes i was driving on the road seen a bull, shot it um Walked over here, started skinning it out, packing the meat out. He goes, so you've been away from the elk at any point? And he goes, nope, been here the whole time. And he goes, well, that's funny because this lady says she shot it. And when she went to town to get help to pack it out, you were taking care of her elk. Nope. I tagged it and everything. And cop's like, okay, well... Um, then how does she have the tongue in her pocket
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> so, <shit.
2: laughs> so she she pulls out the tongue and it's in her hand and the cop goes I need to open up the elk's mouth and to see if it, it's missing a tongue and you know just the tip of the tongue and so sure enough they open it up and the tip of the tongue's missing so that guy packed out most of her elk for her
0: <laughs> <Dang>. yeah, <laughs> oh, that's... what a fool oh.
2: so that so when I bought myself, when I find my animal and I got to go back and get my pack board or cut, uh, like I, I like cutting trails before I start packing um, or moving the rig. A lot of times I'm, I walk out, move the rig, come in a closer direction or a downhill, hopefully. So it's not so, so uh, hard on packing them out. And then uh, I usually, yeah, I'll pull the tongue, cut the tip of the, tongue out throw it you know there's very little blood on them so you just throw it in the front pocket and then and then if you ever have that scenario then you could at least play that back and say hey look then how the heck do i have the tongue
1: right damn that's a good yeah that's a so, pearl right there
0: yeah so, yeah that's
2: that's yeah that's i don't know i don't know if most of our elk we usually shoot and then we're we're going back like we go back to the rig to get machetes and pack boards or, or like sometimes I'll do the I'll start the gutless method and then my buddy will go uh, back to the truck and then move back down you know so a little closer he, so he, sometimes it's farther away but it's an easier pack and then and then come then come straight in and by the time he gets back to me an hour later I've already got the one side completely done and then uh, he can help pack up you know start making right, a hole oh, so help me roll it and, but. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know. I think that that's like the probably the best part of elk hunting is the meat, like the the amount of meat you get on an elk. Them, so we start. I started weighing them, just a decent decent raghorn, not a not a like a spindly little one. So it's, I'd consider it just a mature bull, but not just a giant, not a true giant, but just a nice mature bull. We're yielding over four hundred pounds of edible meat on elk, and 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 so we're you know we take out all i mean every bit of meat we could pack out off the animal i i take the tenderloins out uh there's even front loins on the bigger bowls up underneath their front shoulders um there's even a, another little spot it's about the size of a deer uh, tenderloin so it's a pretty good size chunk of meat um uh but we take yeah we take care of everything and i pack out the bones i like leaving the bones on the hind quarter in the front shoulders because I think it preserves the meat better. Uh, we got a walk-in cooler, so it, we cool them. It's usually ninety to hundred degrees during season, you know, on the coast. So um, a walk-in cooler is definitely a necessity. Yeah, necessity. So um, I don't think the aging of the animal, like the breaking it down, I don't think that has anything to do with it. In my opinion, um, I think it's. I could take that elk when I want to take the elk, <laughs> you know, so I can start breaking it down in pieces. Um, and so we're out continuing we got other people tagged. So it's like, let's go out and get another one. So, so that's, that cooler gives us like a time so we don't have to work, you know, we don't have to take, take off from hunting and actually start breaking them down.
1: Yeah, so cause that's that process in itself. I mean, shoot, just, you know, just on a, a deer, is hours and hours and hours.
2: Yeah, and then you got clean up and, you know, to do it right. And we got a a shop, you know, people are like, you guys do this? I mean, I got overhead cranes on, I mean, electric cranes with with, uh, remotes that drop down and hook up and go up and go, you know, slide them over to a sink and uh, big tables for cutting, you know, for two people to break, you know, two different, like two hindquarters at the same time, big table. (laughs) And, uh, so we, yeah, we got this whole thing in walking cooler. And, um, I think, I think I put that up in nine, uh, not nineties, uh, 2008, I think is when I put that up and I think we've had, I bet you we're probably close to 70 animals in it so far since, yeah. And it's not just, it's beef and, we do what we do our own beef so we got beef or deer or bear or, you know elk so and it's usually our friends and family we charge like 20 bucks donation only you know we can't charge them so it's like 20 dollars donation for a weeks hanging people love the 20 dollars you know That's hey, cheap. yeah that's
1: really cheap and <laughs> yeah, the turnaround so, time is probably a little bit better than some of those processors or butchers man when when season's hot and heavy them guys get backed up so bad
2: Oh, yeah. We don't, we, the way I've got it set up is, you know, we have the fan, the fan never turns off. The fans, 20, 24 hours a day, that fan's running and the compressor's turning on and off, but the fan stays on. The fan just moves the air around. And so you don't get a hot pocket around the meat. And so it just constantly, so it turns on the compressor a lot quicker, but it doesn't have that little hot spot around the meat. So, especially if you got hot meat coming in and cold meat, we usually hang the meat one day overnight. So it gets air cooled down in the fifties or sixties at night. And then, and then that, then we could transfer it, you know, so you're not putting fresh killed elk, you know, warm, hot stuff right into the cooler. So you're, you hanging it, hanging it, drip, dripping all the blood out and then hanging it in there. So we got a pretty good down. Hell yeah. That's uh, yeah, we reject anybody's meat that comes in if it's gross or stinks. You know, it's like, nope, sorry. So <laughs> this is I, I can't smell. So I have to rely on mom. I was like, mom has to be here to inspect your meat. fire. I can't smell. So, um, yeah, so she's like, get them things out of here. I don't know where you killed them, but those things stink. <laughs> so we had one guy drive from East Oregon, which is like seven-hour drive with the cape on them all the way over to the coast. And mom's like, and it's general season archery over there too, so same timeline. So she didn't know that. She's like, "Man, they say stink. Where did you get them? Oh, we killed them yesterday over in east. Um, yeah, you're yeah, you can't have them in our coop. <laughs>
1: it's hotter. Sorry. it's hotter out east in that uh, that time of the year,
2: huh? It's super dry heat over there. Yeah, and 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 on the coast, it's a wet. Wet, you know, it's wet in the mornings and wet in the evenings, but dry. You know, it starts drying out, but it's not like Eastern Oregon heat and dryness,
1: high desert nastiness.
2: Yeah, yeah. So pretty, pretty nice. Like morning, foggy mornings are my favorite. I I don't know why. I always, everybody teases me, and I I always say that I love them foggy mornings. And usually, we kill elk in them foggy mornings or have a good time. You know, we'll trying because rain spiders don't work. You can't range enough. It's so foggy. The range finders give you false, you know, mm-hmm. numbers, and and it changes every time you try it. So you're, you know, just bouncing, bouncing through everywhere. The fog. <laughs> yeah, but it's those are I don't know those seeing a fog blowing the fog and it's bugling or chasing cows. I don't know. It's just something majestic about it. It's pretty awesome.
1: It just I was gonna say it adds to the majesty of that animal, man. Oh
2: yeah, yep. Yeah. It's just it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. and Pretty pretty neat
1: hunting them so man you've been you've been hunting a long time um but for me hunting does it doesn't seem like it matters man you know we go after it year after year after year you can put in you know 300 days in the field whether it's scouting or whatever there's there's always some level of improvement that we're focusing on um just to better ourselves in the pursuit um What's something that you're looking at, you know, coming up for the next year, next season, um, that you're, that you're working on in your pursuit, man, even with all that experience. So,
2: so next year is actually really special to me because I can actually start archery hunting for myself again. <laughs> so, so I mean, I love the mentor program, but I've been doing it for six years. So come on. Yeah. I got it. It's been, it's been pretty tough. The, to, um, of not having my seasons. I've been, you know, putting my son on them uh, and, and documenting as much as I can, you know, so that's, that's been its own fun, but I'm not done with it, but I, it'd be, it's just going to be nice. i like I said, I never got a, I probably got a bow hunt two days this year. (laughs) So I went, I went with my son uh, and then I went over Eastern Oregon to help my buddy. And then I got back and then I, then I hunted one day and then I killed that buck. And then I hunted, I think two days with mom. She, she shot her bull. And then I hunted with my buddy, Mike, the rest of the season. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. So I was kind of next year I told my son, I said, you're going to have to make a decision if you want a bow hunter rifle hunt. Um, Cause he gets a rifle tag. Um, his per, you know, his own tag is a rifle tag. And then, but he tries to use my bow tag as the mentor. So, um, so it's been, uh, so he could actually double down on elk every, every, you know, get two chances of elk every year. And then, but next year he's out of the mentor program. So he's, I said, you'll be 16. You could drive yourself. You, could, <laughs> you know where to elk hunt. You know how to do it. Go for it. If you want to bow hunt, you know where I'm going to be at. <laughs> so, um, I want him to bow hunt, but if he was like, I don't have, you know, I'm going to be doing sports or whatever, then yeah, rifle seasons, you know, it's a four day, four day season. So it's a lot easier for him to do a weekend elk, elk rifle season, but, and the success is about the same, um, four days, uh, or he'd have two days, two days of rifle season elk or the, you know, four or five weekends of elk or archery elk. So, but he's like, I'm going to archery hunt next year. And I'm like, sweet. so, He'll have his tag. He'll have a bow. I'll have a tag, and I'll have my bow because I can't carry my bow when, when he's when I'm mentoring him. So we gotta have one legal weapon between us. So, um, so that's yeah. So it's gonna be kind of fun to for him to have, you know. So we could actually both shoot, or you know, <laughs> he could shoot and I could have a bow because a couple times I could have shot. I could have made the shot, and where he couldn't, but I didn't have a bow to shoot. <laughs>
1: So So it's going to be, I mean, now it's, you're, you're actually hunting together. Yeah, that's going to change that. Yeah. That's going to change that experience. And and so it's like,
2: and I couldn't say you go that way. I go this way and we'll meet over there or like there's the bold bugle and you go this way and then I'll follow over here. You know, I'll come over here in case, you know, if, if, you know, something happens where he runs away or whatever, um, mentor, you have to be right next to him. So I can't, I couldn't put him in a position where you know we're breaking the law or anything like that. Especially, I wanted I wanted to film him shooting L because I was right usually right next to him. But um, this year, I think I think on day four, maybe day five, we had already seen like 19 bulls during season. (laughs) Um, So I'm counting spikes all the way to branch bulls, but uh, and some of those were the same bulls. Uh, that we were getting into a couple, you know, a couple multiple times, you know, but, but he had, he had fair chances this year. Uh Drew back on a couple nice bulls. Just he never, he hasn't ever shot his, an elk with his bow, but he's gotten three with a rifle. So um he's, yeah, he's pulled back a bunch, but he's never actually let an arrow go. Cause I told him don't shoot unless you're going to kill it. And if you, Oh, and people give me shit on a video I put on YouTube. Um, I I said elk hunters caught red-handed. It was meant to be a joke, and so you you click on it in the first twenty seconds, you realize oh it's not caught like red-handed like other oh, poachers. It's caught red-handed because the kid's literally hand is completely red. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so it's as it a joke, and people took it way too serious, and they called me a bad dad and all this stuff because I'm I'm kind of. I'm yelling at him for not shooting. I don't know. He just cut his hand and there's a lot of, like <laughs> so he couldn't grip his bow and the bull was in there in the range a couple different times where it was like 40 yards on, uh, but he was, he cut his finger so bad he couldn't shoot. And then, and then the bull got out and I'm like, shoot, take the shot, you know? And, He's he actually, he's a full draw and he looks back at me because the bull's going away from me. He's like, looks back at me and he's like, that the bull's 68 yards, you know? I'm like, I didn't know. It looks like he was 40 yards from you, you know? Like, I didn't know. So he knows when to shoot. I've told him don't shoot to, to shoot, shoot to kill, you know? that's I said, it's not fun to shoot and, and watch one run off with an arrow. You know, you know he's going to die in like three days. It's not going to be a good death. So he... uh. Yep, he's very patient, very uh, willing to pass up a questionable shot. A couple of them, he, you know, going back in time, he said, "I should have killed that bull." But that's that's
1: you know, should have, could have, woulda. Mm-hmm. Hindsight's always so, that way in hunting, man.
2: Yeah, and and not shooting is a way better hindsight than I should have not shot.
1: You know, absolutely. So,
2: so he's making the best decisions, and that, and I, I mean. You go back on the first day he, you know, first se- season he bow hunted with me. He was 13. He drew back on a 7 by 7 and didn't shoot, uh, bur- brushing away. No shot opportunity at all. But then, I, which I can't show the film because it's horrible. I'm shaking so bad that the, the stabilizer <laughs> and the camera is clicking. And I'm there's a 7 by 7 I think 14 yards doesn't have an idea that Anders at full draw and he's going to die in like three seconds. And there's a cow kind of blocking the shot. And I'm I'm looking down his arrow with the camera and it's going click, 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 click. And I, you can't even see it. It's so, the camera's so shaken that it's worse than that Bigfoot video that everybody replays from the 60s. Um, and I'm like, you can see it's an elk and it's a big bull, but you can't see... Him, you know, you can see him at full draw, but it, he doesn't end up shooting. Them. And uh, like the like next day or the day after, he shoots a buck, his first archery killing. I, I asked him. I said, "Okay, now go back to that seven point. What would he done?" He goes, "I would have killed it, Dad." And I said, "Yep." <laughs> he just hesitated. I'd rather have him hesitate and and then then shoot just to just to put an arrow in one. I mean, you got to shoot him to kill him, but you got to shoot him where everything and your power's
1: right. perfect. It lines know? up. Absolutely, man. If it,
2: yep. If it's not, then don't shoot it. See, I told him it's easy. It's easy to, it's easy not to shoot. It's really hard to take that arrow back and, and re, you know, regret right. shooting. Yep. That's the shitty part. Yeah, it, so, it sucks. And it's it, it's any weapon, really. I mean, there's not this muzzle loader, pistol, rifle. It's just a bad shot's a bad shot so
1: unfortunately uh, i mean it it happens and and i've seen it i've seen guys take questionable shots and i'm like what you know thank god you missed oh you you shouldn't even you know you shouldn't even been there but i think you know that adrenaline hits the excitement oh i'm gonna i'm gonna arrow this and you know i finally got something down it's like man thank goodness you missed
2: yeah i i there's gonna be a video coming out with my mom shooting a buck it's but you could totally see that she was shooting it perfect. That's a nice buck, and uh, I told mom I said I'm going to use that video, not just to, not to make funny or anything like that, to show people. And I put a dot, so you don't notice it as much until I put a dot. So I put the, so the buck was 12 yards, um, and it was this year's buck. But she. So I put the arrow where it hit and then I put a dot right there. And then I replayed the video back because the video is on a tripod and it's not moving. So that's your control. The deer, it moves. You can see she's, she's like a, right above the leg, about the first 25% of that deer. And that deer drops in, in a 12-yard shot, drops that much where she shoots it right on the top of the shoulder. And the buck runs off, and the blade's just bare, you know, in an inch. I mean, the buck's perfectly fine. Luckily, we had a guy that was hunting, on. He was probably like a mile away. (coughs) That actually saw that buck the next day. So, I have no no doubt in my mind that he didn't survive. He's gonna be sore, and it's gonna hurt. Yeah, but he's not dead. It's not wrong. But um, yeah, that buck was. He, I couldn't believe how light and fast he was at 12 yards. I mean, mom, of course, mom's supposed to be only 44 pounds. But uh, yeah, I'm, I told mom, I said, I'm going to use that video. And she was kind of, she was done. She was like, was on a Sunday and she's like, I'm done. I'm punching my tag. And I go, mom, you can't punch your tag. I said, so we went back in the trailer and she was literally packing up. She was done. She's like, I'm not going to wound any animals. I don't feel good. I'm going to throw up. She was totally and so I put it on the TV and I showed her, and I put my finger right where the arrow hit, and then I replayed on the video camera, and I said, "This is your aim point. That's exactly where you're supposed to shoot them. It's not like you shot them on purpose up high. You were aiming right where I told you. That's the heart. The heart sits right there, right straight in the line of that leg, and you were aiming right at its heart, right where we've been practicing for last year. That you cannot predict where that deer is going to do." No. No. So, yeah, so she. Um, I mean, as she, I had to stay, so I had to call my Monday appointments and cancel them. <laughs> I stayed, I stayed all day Monday just because she's like, she was sick. She was, and I, I've been there. I know the feeling. Yeah, and she was poor. And she's like, and then I got a phone call from the next guy because everybody kind of knows everybody about hunting. And it, he's like, Hey, yeah, we've seen that buck going over the ridge over here yesterday. It's like, yep. It's like. Uh so mom felt better about that after that guy called us and then and then we ended up uh I think I left Monday night and then she shot that buck her the four point Tuesday morning. So Heck yeah, that was her get yeah. get back
1: up on that horse.
2: Yeah, that
1: she smoked it.
2: <laughs> I mean she's I was like, well maybe let's wait, you know, let him go out there about 20 yards because I think we we're so close so we're in a a blind with the whole front window zipped, and the sound, I think, magnifies. It's like a big Pac-Man-looking blind. So I think the sound actually gets directed out that big window right to the deer. So it's not, I mean, she's got a, a MXR mission. I mean, it's not a, a, a super loud bow, but I think just a combination everything was just made that deer jump, jump that string. But you can see the arrow. You can actually see the arrow when I'm filming in flight already before that deer even moves and then all of a sudden that deer starts dropping down react, reacting to the bow you know the sound of the bow going off but oh uh, yeah it was and it was a nice buck it was it was a four by seven um kind of a not real wide but just real thick heavy massy big big buck i mean chasing all the other bucks around
1: Those are uh those are good I guess for a first archery season, right? I mean you you have a miss like that. A lot of people won't recover and have that going into you know, that animal that she took that shot on, man.
2: Yeah, I put the blind. Oh, uh, so she was up in the blind. I got uh that next I know it was that day. Might have been the next Monday. Might have been Monday. Um I put the the block out there and she shot out to 50 yards. I was like, uh you know, 20, 30, 40, 50. I have three arrow groups. And I was like, you got to get your confidence up. She was like, my bow, I dropped my bow, blah, 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 She was trying to blame, you know, she goes like, I just made a bad shot. She was trying to blame everything on, but that deer dropping. And I was like, let's, let's throw three arrows at all these distances, all the way up to 50. And 50 was not even a questionable shot for her. I mean, it was so far into the trees. It's just a confidence booster is all it was. And so... It, it helped her out because she, she pinwheeled that buck the next next day, which dad dad got on video. I was actually I was pretty I was pretty impressed. Dad got on film. I was thinking I, I mean I would have lost a bet <laughs> if I was the bet money.
1: <laughs> I mean I you know so both my kids play sports and I was the worst. Uh, when my daughter was, was playing soccer with that. So I hear you. I mean, I couldn't get anything worthwhile on film. I'd, I'd just oh. lose all, <laughs> i <I'd> lose all <laughs> sense, man. You know, get yeah. up, I'm cheering. I'm supposed to have this camera rolling on her, you know, for her highlights and whatnot. And yeah, so I totally get that, that apprehension. Oh, and then,
2: so after, you know, we get the phone call about uncle Ken and then Andrew shoots that, that buck, you know, we go back, we're, we're sitting there. No, I don't think they were just still sitting in the blind. I don't even think we had left the blind to go look, you know, we were just going to let it sit for a little bit. Um, and we, we go, uh, we kind of lost my train of thought. So we were, we basically, we're sitting there and we're watching the video To and I couldn't find it. I was like, Dude, we just filmed it. Where the heck is the video that I just filmed you shooting your buck? And then it's like, I didn't film you getting your buck. You know, I was then I was like freaking out, thinking I didn't hit record. Well, I hit record, but I was filming him, and then I went from him to the deer. So at the beginning of the video it wasn't the deer, and I was thinking in my mind it was the deer it should have been the deer. You know, so I was like, oh, so good, I got the video. So, and he 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 shot it almost in the exact same spot. My mom shot her buck. So it was kind of funny that the deer come in and out of the trees to that, that setup right there.
1: That's yeah. That's my, my goal. I, I blew it this year in Colorado and didn't do any filming, but I was so focused on just trying to get, you know, get into the animals. Um, so next year, man, my mission is uh, I'm going to document like crazy.
2: So, my like my, my elk hunting is always camera seconds. Let's kill an elk because it's so hard. Um, I, I've been trying the last two years with my son to try to get, you know, document the actual shot and stuff like that. But we haven't. He's, he hasn't got a shot off yet. I've got him at full draw several times. Um, but, like, this year on the deer, I was like, okay, we're going to be in a blind, you know, we got to get it on film. <laughs> so it was like, a, yeah. And we got, yeah. So we, we got both my mom's, uh, dad did an awesome job on mom's buck. And then, and then I did a good job on Andrew's buck on, you know, getting it on film. And I and I got that one, you know, the one mom hit high, you know, I got that on film and, and I wasn't going to show it. I wasn't going to talk about it, but it is, it's part, part
1: of, of hunting. hunting. Yep.
2: and so sometimes just the education so my whole thinking i've got 15 minutes of that buck so that buck's been in the blind for 15 minutes and he's just pushing other bucks and he's pushing does and in hindsight i should have just he was just on edge like the whole time like you'll see it in the video um He's he's bristled up. He's he's pushing other four points out. He's pushing other three points out, and he's chasing does. So he was kind of already on that, you know, ready to snap at any moment. And I should have probably just waited because we, you know, he's been for 15 minutes. We haven't had a shot shot opportunity because he's constantly moving. And so the first chance he stopped, he was at 12 yards, and he was he stood there for maybe two or three seconds, you know, and mom went to full draw and I'm thinking, oh, she's going to kill him right here, you know, but, you know, he was so edgy. I think that's, that was uh, the downfall. I probably should have let mom shoot him at farther distances, at that 20, maybe at that 30 yard range, uh, just because he wouldn't have reacted so quick. The sound is loud.
1: (laughs) That's nuts though at 12 yards, man, to to drop, you know, that much to hit that shoulder blade. That's just... uh...
2: It's yeah, and it it's so and what's nice is the camera's so still, so you could actually see nothing in the background moves except for the deer. So the arrow, so I what I did is I put a red dot right where the arrow hit, and then I backed it up to where he's standing there, and you can see that arrow right where the arrow hit, where the arrow aim point is at, and then where you slow motion, it, it the deer just drops and goes right, and it goes actually the deer backs, you know, drops and goes back, so it actually shoots forward more forward than where. Um, if she probably would have shot if he would have just went straight down she probably would have went still through the top of the scapula and it probably got one lung or maybe just the top of the both lungs but but where he back, he went down and backed up it hit like right in that real thick part of the 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 scapula where it's like
1: webbed out it looks like is, is that, that up on your, is that one on your youtube already
2: no i'm no? sorry oh, okay so I was i'm wondering i don't remember
1: all, seeing that one
2: No, I'm, I'm going to work on the, uh, I'll probably release Anders' video. So I get more time on mom's video. Um, and then I've got a bighorn sheep video that my buddy Ray owner of Pacific Crest Archery, he filmed. Um, I got that one. Um, so he, he made, I mean, yeah, he got that shot on video. It's a nice Ram muzzleloader. I think it might be, it could be, potentially the new state record or really close to the state record ram um so that was i'm kind of i got all that i gotta work on that <laughs> i gotta get the release forms from the uh the people that were involved in the hunt because i wasn't there um so there's a lot of i got i got three good kill shots on video and my only real kill shots i got my son's first buck on video on a kill shot but it was still shaky i was moving when he shot and wasn't the best but these next three are like on tripods perfect you know perfect shots and that's that's hard
1: yeah man hell <laughs> yes hard. it is man <laughs>
2: Especially when you're trying to coach you know mentor somebody and you know and everything it's kind of hard to get the get the shot on video oh, yeah
1: I missed a good one I, I did this uh, I do this Catalina hunt um, down here this is my second year doing it and the guy that takes me, um, I had, we set him up. I was sitting at about 500 yards and, you know, on the deer and uh, <laughs> I'm watching him. He had to sneak in. He wasn't comfortable shooting that far. So he had to creep in a little bit. And uh, I had my eyes on him and I'm thinking, man, I got the camera right on this deer. And as I sit down to watch the footage, you know, after everything, um, the camera was pointed about two foot high and about five feet to the rear of the deer oh, never no. got anything no. but the shot you could hear the shot that was it <laughs> i was like oh, oh, man. oh man so i kind of blew oh, that man. yeah just too many like, things yeah, at once like, i got a camera in, you know camera on the on the tripod in one hand or it's actually a monopod <laughs> and then i'm looking yeah. through the spotting scope and it just yeah blew it man <laughs> i blew it oh, my, my one my,
0: it.
1: yeah my one time with the camera this season and uh yeah i screwed the pooch on it so and I- yeah, I I'm
2: so horrible. Like this year, like Andrew opening day, he he went to full draw on a branch bowl and I'm I'm filming and it, he's Andrew's at full draw and my camera shuts down and I'm like, Oh crap, the battery died and then I so I, I turned it off and I turned it back on and the battery shows full. And I'm like, Oh no, I wasn't hitting record, so it was just on standby the whole time I wasn't recording. So I literally by the time I hit record, the bowl spins around and runs away. I'm like, at least I that's on yeah that's on YouTube that one's the like opening day
1: yeah I saw that one yeah that's the if
2: anybody's still listening to our podcast that we're having a pretty good conversation <laughs> uh it's it's Pacific Giant Productions on YouTube there you go I was gonna have you drop I'm, that anyway yeah I'm 80, 84 subscribers short of a thousand and a thousand is the benchmark where you start making money so that would if you guys want to support me and and watch andrew grows the young hunter and watch some videos of my mom and and my dad and my friends ray and mike you know that's that's what, that's all the videos are kind of about right there family and friends and having good times so yeah hit subscribe give me some uh hopefully make some money at this you know pay for some pay, pay for some diesel or cootie broadheads or something something,
1: <laughs> something. give me a few pennies <laughs> Well, shoot, yeah, man. No doubt. With that being said, why don't you drop, why don't you drop the Instagram? Um, you just gave them the YouTube and then anywhere else so that they can uh, check everything out, man. And follow along.
2: Yeah. You could follow me along at uh, Pacific giants on Instagram. Um, it's Pacific underscore giants. And then uh, my, my name Ray Cozadar it's on Instagram and you and Facebook. And then YouTube's uh, Pacific Giant Productions on YouTube, and then uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Come give me a follow. I, my son started an Instagram page. It's AK Pacific Giants, so he's he's on there now. So he's he's starting to post. He's fifteen, so um, he's starting to post some hunting hunting related stuff. So he'll be getting a driver's license. So, pretty sure he'll have his own camera crew following him
1: around (laughs) (laughs) heck yeah man well ray i appreciate the time man it it felt like it was a long time coming um we didn't even really get to touch on uh ruin in oregon so you and i'll have to link up man sometime after the first (laughs) of the year and talk uh talk west of the five rosies
2: i do have one favor to ask for you yeah um So, I hear you're a black belt dofu. That's my new word is a dofu. It's not, it's like kung fu, but dofu. I heard heard a story, like a little rumor about you. So, I Uh, got to tell that story.
1: Dude, that was the funniest. (laughs) It was okay. So, it snowed right and i'm like i'm like man i'm getting in this snow right this is like the first time in probably 12 to 15 years that the snow level is down that low i got this you know late season tag um and i could actually get in the snow to hunt so i was like ah, screw it man i'm going out and been seeing a lot of deer and i you know i'm like for this opportunity this snow is going to last two or three days here i'm going to just i'm going to arrow a deer that makes me work i just want to work a little bit and uh Long story short, man, I, I make my way up this hillside, get to this this bench, this flat, and I'm working it. And I, I come around, there's this uh, little cypress, and it's just covered in snow, and it's bent over. And I peek around, and I go, oh, shoot, we got a couple deer here. So I sat there and watched for a second, and I watched this little, uh, little doe funnel down. And I'm like, ah, she's kind of small. There's a little forky. And then this big doe starts to come right towards me. And I'm going, oh, this is bitching. So I, I pulled out my rangefinder and I ranged her. She's at uh, when I first ranged her, she was at forty-seven yards. And I was like, okay, I could you know, I could deal with it. Let's see where she stops. And she stops six yards later, and she's full just front, full frontal. And I ranged her again, she's forty-one. And I go, Oh, this is a chip shot, right? So I draw back, let let the kudu fly. And, uh, I mean, it just – the Kudu smoked her, man. Um, just absolutely smoked her, dude. I watched it, so I went in, went in frontal, and it came out her right side, right behind the ribs. Uh, okay. And she – I mean, 41 yards, mind you, right? And she is beelining to me. and. Oh. And I'm like, okay, at some point, she's going to see me and turn, right? I'm not behind that little cypress. I mean, we are, like, right in line. And I'm like, okay, she's going to turn. Okay, she's going to turn. <laughs> Dude, I I kid you not, at six feet, I put my bow out and I went, like, shoot! I did make some weird ass noise because <laughs> oh, I'm going. Yeah. She's she was running at, she never saw me, never saw me. It was the craziest oh, thing. My. I'll send you the video, dude. It's hilarious. I had posted it oh, my goodness. and I didn't even realize it. And then I watched the video and I just started dying. I go, What the hell noise did I make? <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to go like, hey, you know, hey, doe or ah, or anything. It was just, you know. <laughs> (laughs) i want her to turn so she doesn't freaking tackle me Uh, but 41 yards and like zero and a half seconds uh four feet from me when i did that and it was yeah it's it's freaking comedy dude i'll send it to you
2: holy cow that's awesome so so jonathan's the one who told me about yeah i figured as much so so i made up the uh the dope The Do dofu,
1: fu. like the kung fu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like it's, the, the, the kung fu move, the oh, you know? Yeah, dude, it was crazy funny. though. I, she never, you know what I mean? It's it, never knew I was there. It was the weirdest thing. And I'm, I mean, we're, we're staring eye to eye, four feet away from my outstretched arm when she finally decides, oh, I'm going to stop here. And she just turned and started walking and then, you know, did her little bleed out and piled up. But yeah, it was something wow. else. It was a trip. Dang. So yeah, it's crazy. I'll, I'll send that video to you, but you can't share that shit nowhere. So <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll be up
2: on YouTube going, Hunter, hunter shoots dough and dough gets revenge
1: <laughs> it was <laughs> hey, it was it was four feet from it <laughs> She was, yeah, no doubt <laughs> she was gonna take my ass. <laughs> oh, oh man that's a good one yeah it was pretty well, funny, guys, you man. Got that
2: one in there. i'm glad to hear the story from you Oh, it was hilarious
1: dude it was so funny <laughs> oh my gosh yeah, yeah that was nuts but perfect brother i'll uh yeah i'll let you go man and like i said i'll hit you All back right. up and we'll talk some oregon rosies man here uh, in a month or so yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And then
2: uh, you might be coming to Oregon in the near future right here. Jonathan.
1: Yeah, yeah I might. Uh, I might shoot up for that Portland show. Um, And then the wife and I go up there every year for the hoodoo shoot. So we'll see what happens. Oh, oh yeah. she so might come
2: up for the, the sportsman show up in Portland.
1: Yeah, I might shoot up for that uh, for that show and then yeah we're let me know what day because i plan on going
2: up for at least one day
1: okay yeah definitely man definitely
2: heck heck yeah perfect well well thank you for having me on absolutely man it's been a pleasure yeah no doubt good good times thank you man all right we'll talk to you later
1: thanks a lot
2: If you're heading into the backcountry this season and you need some meals that don't bog you down, check out SasquatchFuel.com. Our 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head to
0: SasquatchFuel.com.
1: Hey guys, enter code WesternContours at checkout and save a few bucks off your order.